recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. Famous brother Benidia K, brother Michael. Uh, I got brother Ron Noon, brother Sargidi with us. Uh, so before we begin, uh, we'd just like the uh, brother uh, to give a quick introduction of himself. So if you want to go ahead and go first there, uh, brother Sargidi, go ahead. Uh, peace, brother Sargidi. And as we stated on many other shows, you know, we walk and walk many different paths. And they all lead to self-mastery, self-transformation, self-understanding. Peace. All right. Appreciate that, Brother Star. Uh, brother Ravana Noon. Sure. Uh, brother Ravana Noon. As my good brother Star said, the show is all about learning to conquer yourself, master yourself, becoming your own god, to control your own path, your own destiny, your own reality. Um, if you're not working towards that goal, nine times out of ten, you're just a religious fool trying to please somebody else, live by somebody else's ways, and never truly in control of your own life. Uh, because of that, what our show serves to do is to call you and make you address and look at yourself in ways you may normally not. Peace. All right. Appreciate that, brother. I want to know. Uh, kind of just to echo the sentiment uh, of my two brothers. Um, and one thing I saw I said is the key. Um, it all should lead to the path of, of uh, self-mastery. And I think that's the key. Um, and followed up by Ravana Noah when he said, if you're, you know, you're following something else uh, as far as something, somebody continuously, which is, you know, religious methodology, it leads to the path of nowhere. And you kind of you kind of get stuck in a rut and you kind of get stuck in that systematic way of doing things and, you know, cuts off your creativity, things of that nature. So that's where the key is, uh, you know, all of it leading to the, to the path of self-mastery, uh, which, you know, is hard for most people to really comprehend. That's why we always bring up on the show where you hear, everybody in the conscious community talking about their God and I'm God and I'm God this. And that's why we say, ask them exactly from what perspective they're coming from when they say that. And then, you know, the correct answer should be what, what brother Sarr said, uh, you know, self-mastery, that's the key. Um, but most of them will get religious on you. Uh, subconsciously, they're not aware of it. Uh, they'll say some ridiculous ass shit. Um, you name it. Uh, they'll say it. And that's the key, and that's what this show is about. And we continuing a discussion uh, that we started last week. We figured we'd do a second well, part. It, it, well, it's because it's because my melanin is black. Yeah. You know, I'm a god. I'm yeah. a god, brother. God, cosmic hard, dust. hard body, brother. God body. Yeah. yeah. Cosmic dust, brother. Cosmic dust. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny though. You know, we joke and clown about it, but like I say, you know. They, you know, when people make that statement, subconsciously, if you listen to their response and the context of their answers, um, you know, it's, it's, it's overlaid in, in, in religious overtones. And matter of fact, it was just, uh, I think it was the other day, me and you, Ravana, and we were having a discussion yep. on terminology that people use. I hear, you know, a lot of people we were talking about here in the conscious community, they'll say they're God and they'll be into, you know, 
Egyptian consciousness or they'll be into the Yoruba slash Santeria thing, and then they'll use terminology like the most high, which confuses the shit out of me, to be honest with you. Uh, they're not realizing subconsciously they're still approaching it from a mindset that deals with monotheism, and they're not aware of it. They'll, they'll claim on the surface that that's not what they're dealing with. They, they claim that they're connecting to a higher state of consciousness, but really they're not. And it's, 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 it's no different than, you know, Nawapians that say they deal with facts, but exactly. most of the shit that they say is not fact. <laughs> no. It, well, babe, most of it is faith and belief based on the experiences of Dr. York. Because any Nawapian that accepts the reality of the planet risk and Rizikian are accepting it solely on the word of Dr. York. And they'll give you these bullshit bogus ass what they claim to be facts but they can't be substantiated on any level. Well, see, well, see, well, see brother, I, I, I had a dream, and I went to risk, brother. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I, that's, a, that's a Ritz <laughs> cracker. He opened up a Ritz cracker. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as he got. Exactly. Cause that's exactly. A, I mean, because that, that's, you know, some people, if, if you listen to what's going on in the occult community, some people would say that these people are telling the truth because, you know, they experienced it. So they're like, okay, that's that that's, that's their spiritual experiences. So it is real. When yeah, in well, fact, they created the experience for themselves. They just don't realize right. it. A lot of well, a lot of people's experiences may not always be verified, may not always be truthful, may not always be real. Your mind creates its own universe. So your right. mind accepts the reality of a UFO, accepts the reality that you've been to other planets, then guess what, motherfuckers? That's what you're going to really accept. That's what you're going to think is true. And your mind's going to take you where you want to go and create a whole alter reality, and you will accept it as real. The problem comes in when you try to make other people accept and believe what you experienced. Exactly. Your experience is for you, and it's only for you. Do you know how the fuck I know that? Because we didn't simultaneously experience it together. So that mm-hmm. means that the experience was only meant for you and you only. So if you trying to feed me your experience as some divine inspiration, some divine truth, and some divine reality, then what you're doing is misleading people and basically perpetrating a fraud as you're some kind of savior or some kind of God or some kind of Messiah or some kind of master, when in reality you're just like everybody else who has a dream and that dream was so profound that now you think that you have a calling and your calling is whatever to, to screw the Pillsbury Doughboy tomorrow if that's your calling and you accept that, and you're going to convince everybody that they as well have to go find the Pillsbury Doughboy and bow down to it because your dream said this is what it is. Your dream. I used, I used to. I used to always wonder that, like, why? What's the use of sharing your subjective experiences if nobody else can confirm that shit? I never understood it's, it's why. So- I mean. It I mean, I understand if you share if you sharing it with one person that you personally know, that's different, and they right. and, and they and they understand you, that's different. But when you making your shit public in yeah, front of hundreds of people, I mean, well, what's the purpose? Called, of that? It's called perpetrating a fraud. I want right. you to believe me 
because if you believe me, then I have more adherents or followers who will accept my word as bond, and they will then do what I say and follow what I do. And that's how easy it is to create an occult, not an occult, but cult religion, right, and to have followers and to have students and to have people do everything for you because I can create anything I want to. You accept it. I can break you and bend you to my will because you, as a person, wants to be accepted, wants to be something great, wants to be greater than what your current reality is. So if I feed you this story that I'm your Savior, I'm your Messiah, I'm your this, and we're all going to this planet, and only 144,000 are chosen to go there. And you gotta, you got you to gotta include yourself as being the incarnation of some superior. Yeah, I'm, I'm the head incarnation of pimpism. So because I'm the master pimp, then you must all follow my way. And I have to tell you that I received the revelation from the ancestors which fucking ancestors? Because, see, this is the shit that gets me. And I think I had a discussion with a star about this. What fucking ancestors are you referring to? My ancestors may not necessarily be your ancestors. So what fucking ancestors are you talking about? Because, you know, in, in the conscious community, it's a, it's a fucking general slogan word, ancestors. Which ancestors, nigga? Because let me ask right. you this. You could be from the, let's say, Zulu tribe. This other motherfucker is from the Yoruba tribe. There's two different locations in Africa. One's way south and one's in, in, in uh, northwest. Okay? How the fuck is our ancestors the same? Oh, because they're all black? Uh, yeah, no. brother, that's it. Cosmic dust, brother. They connect no, no. See, because death. a Zulu's perspective, a Zulu's paradigm, a Zulu's cultural characteristics can be totally on the opposite end of a Zulu, uh, of a Yoruba, excuse me. It could be in the total opposite end of a Yoruba. But by the mere fact that we have all oh, varying shades of melanin, then <laughs> yeah, we're all the same ancestors. You don't understand how stupid that sounds? And this is how easy it is. So when somebody says, well, the ancestors said that I was sent to you all, which fucking ancestors? Because you could tell me your fucking ancestors are from the planet Harpoon. The other motherfucker could tell me that his ancestors are from the planet Pimpatoris. Which one is right? Uh, it's, the, it, it's, one, it's the one that sounds more appeasing to your fragile ego that's going to boost it up and it's going to make you feel better. That's why when you work with the spirits of the dead, all that shit is bypassed. Because what you're really working with is people who recently passed. And usually, your blood. Yeah, and they're usually your familial bloodline, okay? And they're going to give you connections to the other side, and they're going to guide you from that side because they see things from that side over here. And it's as simple as that. But everything else is niggas wanting to go straight Spookville. Oh, the gods, <laughs> the gods spoke to me. Yeah, but yet the gods allowed the same motherfuckers to put us in slavery. But the same motherfuckers want to still worship these guys. Oh yeah, that it's funny you say that because that white man see the white man he he was able to do it. Yeah, but your God allowed it. If your God mm -hmm. is the original God, the Asiatic black man, the original God, the most powerful God, the first God, he still allowed the white man to take over. How technology? So then you're subtly confessing that 
that white technology was more powerful than your black magic. Oh no, exactly. That, the white that, man that, is more savage, brother. He's savage. So what? That's, that's, that's something. Over the world. That's something. That's something that I, I actually posed that shit on social media on Facebook. I asked that question. I said, where were the African deities during slavery? They were taking happened? a break, brother. Brother, they were taking a break. They were on lunch break. Yeah, that's how slavery how started. Because you, you brothers know, because you've been involved with the Yoruba, whether it's Paolo, whatever the fuck. You know, um, and these traditions, these ancestors, I mean, these gods are spoken about as if they're just all fucking mighty, nigga. And they can fucking topple your ass with no problem. But it's like, where were these motherfuckers during slavery? Where the fuck were they? They were taking lunch break, like Benini said. They were all hungry. They were at Chick-fil-A, and they were at a round table. And I said, you know what, let's let these motherfuckers suffer for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? After they suffer for a little bit, we're going to show our true might and power, right? Uh, we're still waiting for that true might and power to be shown. You understand? <laughs> the reason why that nothing ever happens, the reason why you ask slavery and everything else, is because there is no motherfucking gods, people. <laughs> Get the shit right. That's a fucking myth. It's no motherfucking gods. The only shit that was really real to a lot of these our uh, cultural ancestor, your personal cultural ancestor bloodline, is your motherfucking ancestors who were of your bloodline. That was what was real to us. Not all right. these fucking myths of gods and orishas and natru and all that shit. Those were myths. And at one time, people understood that shit were myths as to what you could obtain in greatness and power and stature as a human being. And But eventually, some of these priests got slick and said, oh, these motherfuckers believe anything. Shit, we could use this shit to stay in power. Shit, we won't. We won't use this shit. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you, brother. These niggas is coming up with all kinds of excuses, nigga. I, I never. These, these niggas have more excuses than a nigga going to jail, for real. Yeah, of course. I'm like, god damn. And a nigga, you know, see, a nigga in jail. Everybody in in prison has one same story. You know what that is, nigga? I'm innocent, man. I didn't do this shit. What? Look, motherfucker. Somewhere along the line, your ass got caught. Now all of a sudden you're innocent. How the hell are you innocent? They have you on camera. They seen you stealing the shit. You fucking innocent? What? That's the same excuses we make for everything. So that's why when you get into really working with these spirits, really working with this shit, it's, all that shit is bypassed. Because what you realize is no one motherfucker is greater than the next. There is no motherfucking Dr. York when you work with the spirits because we all have access to the same motherfucking spirits. If we no, choose. brother, brother, hold up. You're wrong. See, I'm in direct contact no, with bands. Let me repeat that slowly, brother. Let me repeat I'm that. Di- I'm in direct, hold on. I'm in direct contact with bands from, a, from the 19th galaxy, brother. <laughs> no, no, no. See, let's, let's, let's correct this now. Let's correct this. If your ass is in contact with beings from the 19th galaxy, I have a question for them motherfuckers, too. Why is your motherfucking contact here, here on the planet Earth behind bars? Where is the help, 19th Galaxy fuckers? Well, oh, see, brother, you, you, you petition. Because they don't exist. The help is in the Supreme Court. You petition them for a medical transfer, brother. That's right, that's right. Well, the 19th See, this is what happened, brother. See, <laughs> the, these beings, you know, 
it's all a test for us, brother, to get Dr. York out of prison. That's right. So, you know, to prove that he's God, we have to get yeah. him out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's all a test. Uh, yeah, that's see, that's the game. See, that's that that's the subconscious mind fuck that they use. That's the trickery. And and it's always creating that illusion that anytime something doesn't pan out, it's stuff like that, like you just said. It's a test. Uh, it's all part of the plan, you know. And that's, 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 that's the same. That's the same exact excuse, excuses these niggas were using when I asked them about the African gods. You know, they're like, "Oh, it's a, it's a test, nobody it's a wants test, to brother. None of that shit is real. The gods don't exist. You created your own reality, your own destiny, cause and effect, motherfucker. Some shit happened that you you created a situation where this occurred. Ain't nothing else." But that occurred. But you want people want to go Spookville and all, you know, <laughs> cycles of nature, man. What goes up must come down. And cycles of the low. But, but, but you see out. what I'm saying? You hear, you hear all these responses. You hear all these responses that we're talking about. Can everybody hear the religious overtones in them? Of course. How can you how, how how can you sit there and say, you know, all these groups, whether it's uh, York and, and the Babons and, or if it's the Nation of Islam, the, uh, 5%, any, any of these groups claim that they're God and they're dealing with supremeness, and, and like we were talking about earlier, original this, first that, you know, this goes on and on and on. Be all night talking about this garbage. But listen to all the responses. And, and these are actual responses, by the way, to the listeners. These were recent dialogues and conversations on Facebook. Uh, these were some of the questions that were posed, just so the listeners are clear. Um, these are the answers we actually get. Uh, basically, we like to call it dancing and, and foot shuffling because it's not straight-up answers. Uh, these are the same individuals that claim not to be religious, and they don't deal with spookism, and they don't deal with the European, uh, you know, version of what a deity is. But yet, these are the same individuals that have left that methodology, and now they've replaced it with their new methodology, except they just have sprinkled African cartoon figures now. have replaced I, the, the I, had a, I had a, brother, I had a sister tell me, you got to search for the answer from within. What the fuck? <laughs> and like, then I, I, I would have told, told her I did search for the answer within, and it told me that you're a crazy motherfucker, one. That's right. Two, That's right. The second part is that you're a dumbass motherfucker if you believe that shit. And third, the motherfuckers don't exist. So here's your answers. Which one would you pick? A, B, or you know, C? You, you, you know what niggas don't like to the reality of? I mean, and I've, I've spoken to you about this, brother. Niggas are fucking superstitious like a motherfucker, man. You but know, that's the problem. That's That's exactly the problem. And this is how it occurred. That People got put in their situation because of superstition. See, when you go back and you do a thorough research, you will see that some of the most superstitious people on the planet were Africans. This is how the Caucasian was able to infiltrate, if you want to use those words, which really they didn't. They just sat there and had dinner with you at McDonald's, and you said, okay, well, I'll, I'll hook this up for you if you hook this up for me. That's really what went down, but people don't want to accept that. They got to make it all atrocious and, you know what I'm saying, all this fucking Trump traumatic chaos when actually it was just deals and bargains being struck between people. Your ass, because you were of the low life, okay, 
you were of the fucking servants and peasants, just got uh, swept <laughs> up in the mix. People don't want to accept it. No, brother, see, we were all kings and queens in Africa. Look, man. Everybody was, man. Everybody was. As that roach that tends to crawl out in Florida at night. And motherfuckers are flying bugs that want to come out and you're outside and these fuckers want to jump on your garage. That's that's about as much a king you ever be. But this is the irreality. That's why people don't understand that when we take this show in these directions, that's the shit we're dealing with. We're shit we're dealing with dark magic, dark energy to the shit that you should be dealing with to ask yourself, how the fuck really am I in this predicament? It's not people outside myself. It's myself who put me in this predicament. That's and, part of what the work is about because and, we can point all day and night and say, well, the white man did this, or, you know, um, the Mexicans are taking all of our jobs, or whatever. We always have somebody to blame. If you notice, you know a reality that niggas haven't come to yet? Come to the reality, nigga, that the white man whooped your ass kicked you out of fucking Africa, nigga, and used you as a slave. He was more intelligent than you, nigga, and he was more powerful than you at the time. Sit sit with that reality, nigga. Because you, well, you over here, nigga. You over, you over here is a, test, a testament to that shit, nigga. Well, here's, here's something to think about, the statement that he just said, Ravana, uh, the terminology. Like, let's take these same examples of, of, of all these points that we're presenting. If you bring this up to these so-called people that claim to be conscious, they're God, and they're tapped into all these different aspects of Egypt and Africa, et cetera, and you start using the term, like you just said, dark magic, black magic, spirits of the dead, most of these coons would basically correlate that with negativity. Yep. And that would get, and I'm telling you this from experience, because I've brought this subject matter up, and we all have, to, to a lot of these individuals, and, oh, that's evil, and that's devil worship, and that's voodoo, and that's this, and that's that. That confirms, again, the mindset is still shaped by religious, a religious way of thinking. Now, the, the other fact is, when you, when you correlate that with uh, what, you, what we were just talking about, you know, like you just said, Brother Sargini, why don't you just accept the facts sometimes for what it is? Because they tend to make things more complicated than it actually is. This, this is the problem. So when you ask them a simple question, rather than just give a simple answer, they go on into this tirade and always have an excuse, always have a reason when something is wrong. And, and, and let's, let's be real. Part of, part of the problem comes down to one thing we've addressed before, uh, and most American melanated people, at least, let's, let's call it for what it is. Like I say, they don't want to take the time to really search for the truth when it's more convenient to get on the bandwagon and just follow somebody that claims to be some divine figure that's connected to some divine source. And in the end, you find out that they have no more or less of a connection than you do. But why, why even waste the time and energy of doing the work? You know, when you hear us say that on the show, we're not just saying it just to randomly be saying it. But these are these are individuals where it's just easier to say, well, I ain't got to do all that work. I ain't got to I ain't got to go through all that stuff that you guys are talking about. I'm I'm linked into some buffoon that claims to be connected to some supreme entity, et cetera. So now, you know, I just bought my ticket. I just got my one way ticket to you know everlasting life or whatever illusion that they've convinced themselves in their minds. This is how the sickness starts. You understand? And then it progresses. 
And then they all take on the same behavioral patterns as far as anytime you question their ideology or their concept, they get defensive. But they'll they'll they will question and attack everybody else's ideology and concept, and always have some rehearsed bullshit story. Oh, that was stolen from you know the Europeans stole that, the white man stole that. You you know you know they 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 all do the same shit, and this applies to you if this applies to you. But they all do the same shit where, you know, you ask them a question about something, about their belief system. And they spend most of the time trying to defend it. You know what that's called? That's called cognitive dissonance. That's right. That's a mental mental problem, nigga, (laughs) is when something comes, something, some facts come that contradict what you believe. You would rather sit there and make up all kinds of excuses to why what you what you believe in is true. You can't you can't even sit down to reason with that person without taking it personally. That's convenience, though. See, you understand. If if it's convenient for me to to go on a tirade, blame other people, but it's not convenient if you point the finger back at me and say, "Well, what are you doing?" Right. How are you responsible for this situation as well? See, that's not convenient for me. So I'd rather just turn a blind eye to that reality and 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 say I have no fault in my present situation, nothing at all. Some and go off and go off in a fruitville. Some mystical bullshit or some almighty powerful white guy did this to me. Like like there's a white guy sitting somewhere, right? He he's sitting in a boardroom, right? And he's just saying, yeah, you right there, you that guy, get him. Get him, man. Get him. Put he's him that, down. He's, Hold him he's back. He's that critical. Yeah, he's that critical. Yeah, he's, you know. that, <laughs> he's, much, he's that, that much of a vital cog to this universe that you have to hold that one in particular down. Whatever. You know, that, that's, and, that, and that's funny because when I asked that question, that was some of the, the answers that I was getting was, oh, well, you know, it, it, it was a divine thing. It meant to happen. The white man ain't shit. He don't have no real power. You know, that wasn't the white man's power. That was really the ancestor's power and the well, God's power. Hey, how did he get it then? How did, how, how did they obtain it and how are they still holding it? And when are we going to stop making any excuses that oh, our time has come? Our time has come. I keep hearing for the last 10, 15 years, I yeah, keep well, hearing the Wapians claim that, oh, that we're in the sun cycle and, and the original nine of people are ruling. Where, where the fuck is that? Where, where, where? Well, Tell me where that's at. Ruling what? You know what's convenient these about that? Local, these, these are the same coons that came and pay rent on a building they own. And they want to sit, they sit there and tell you that they're ruling in the sun cycle. You know, we got to stop making, we gotta stop, we gotta stop making excuses for shortcomings. It's well, the same thing. We, we, make, we make passes. We get passes like we did the show two weeks ago. We get passes for these recent you know, kooks and crazy uh, pedophiles, well, Africa Bambada, Dr. York, and the likes, and we give them passes because they they so-called built this reputation, this false illusion around themselves that they created these organizations and they've convinced and duped people that there's some type of divine figure and there's no way they could ever do that. And then here comes all, here comes the race card. Oh, you set up. Oh, it's because they're black. <laughs> oh, it's because they were out to get them. Like you just said a few minutes ago. So you mean to tell me the elite people in power got in the room and said, yeah, man, let's see. Let's see how we can really take down Africa Bambada because he is that important to the divine plan. He is that that important. 
See, we use that as a scapegoat because that's a scapegoat from the reality of distracting you from really looking into the core of the situation. And like I said, stop saying allegations with these two individuals because it's past allegations. There's many bodies, witnesses, testimonies, court documents, valid evidence to support that all these motherfuckers are killed, period. So stop disrespecting the victims and constantly telling people that these, well, allegedly, and allegations, because I find out most of the people, when you talk to them about the court of the case and you bring up documents and, and, and some of the facts, they ain't never seen any of them. They've never even witnessed. They've never looked. All they go is by hearsay. Yeah, anybody's going to get up there and say, oh, I'm innocent. I was set up. That's what you're basing it on. And anything you're presenting with, it's always it's a setup. Right? Omar Johnson, just, just last year, right? Omar Johnson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Seriously? The white man forced you to have sex with that stripper? You had sex with that stripper Nick, because you wanted to. That's it. But that's these it. Niggas made, these niggas made them, they made, them, they made niggas more important than what niggas really are. But that's what, that's what I'm saying. When you put yourself on a pedestal, when you take Dr. Omar Johnson, you take uh, Africa Bambada, you take Dr. York, you take any of these figures that put themselves in this, you know, deity-type status, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because now when something like this happens, you, like, like Omar Johnson was going around telling everybody, you know, you convincing the whole conscious community that you were celibate and you were spiritual and all this other shit, you know, and nobody brought that fact up, you know. You put yourself in that. I don't feel sorry for you. You put yourself in that predicament. And then to call the girl a, a, a conscious stripper, you know what I mean? And then disrespect a female like that, you chose to do that. Why don't you just be a man and just say you got caught and it's over with. That's it. I mean, people. Yeah, he, he he don't he don't know that to to you know to real men that shit look weak, you know it look really weak. What well, a key, brother! You just said real men. The most of the people that are sit there and fight you on they space cadet spooks, you know they they pretty much you know they followers and they can't think for themselves anyway. But anyway, uh, well, we don't want to get too tied up in this. I know it kind of veered off a little bit. Um, let's get back in to continue. Weird, I, the subject matter came up because of what we're getting ready to talk about now. Um, working with the spirits of the dead is, you know, we want to clarify that word first. People hear that word dead or death, and again, sometimes the mind will run to the avenue of something negative. And it's nothing negative because death or spirits of the dead is just a connection to higher realms of existence, some call it the afterlife. Um, this is making connection with people who have transcended the three-dimensional realm. Uh, who, who have now vibrate and exist outside of what we know as three-dimensional or third density. Um, there are many techniques that we started to talk about last week where one can practice uh, to make connection with those ancestral beings. Um, and when we talk about working these magical um, techniques, this is not a fix-all problem. This, not, this ain't no fucking TV magic where you light a candle and you're going to get a million dollars. It's not the bullshit we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about just things to balance yourself out, to make those connections, and use these techniques where you'll find it'll open yourself up to higher states of consciousness. But like we said last week, and I think we all kind of touched on it a little bit, when you petition these deities for wisdom and knowledge, uh, other things will fall into place. Uh, and when you're petitioning them for mundane things, 
you're trying to work with those energies for the mundane physical thing, you're going to find you won't get positive results. And we use the the metaphorical example of Solomon's story in the Bible. I say metaphorical because it's not literal. You look at the whole Solomon story, how when he was given the opportunity and he could request anything he wanted, he requested the knowledge and the wisdom first, and everything else lines up with it. Well, that's a good metaphor to use when you do your spiritual work. If you if you if your intent is that first, you'll find out you'll be successful. Because remember, when working spiritual magic, it's always about the intent. You'll find, and we've all found this out in our experiences over the years dealing with people, you'll find out the ones that are constantly petitioning for mundane shit. You'll find out they're the ones that'll tell you and you'll get feedback from them that they're not having any success doing it, they're not getting uh, the response that they thought, et cetera, et cetera. And there's many reasons and explanations for that and for what we just before mentioned. They're working on a mundane level. Now, we also have to understand what we're getting ready to talk about. You heard terminology over the last couple of weeks. You heard at the beginning of the show, the objective realm and subjective. Um, that's important to understand when doing works. While we were talking about earlier and how the topic came up when we were getting into all these conscious coons and these cults and all this other shit, was because these are individuals that have, you know, convinced people to accept the experiences on their subjective realm, which is the higher plane of consciousness. I'm just using metaphors to relate to. Whereas the objective realm or your physical realm is is your everyday reality. It's things that you you correlate here. Now the the key task in working with the spirits of the dead or working these systems is balancing out both of where the challenge comes in. Because you'll find people, as we mentioned and touched on last week, you'll find people that have that imbalancement either to one extreme, whether they're just so, uh, you know, physically connected to the objective realm that they're lacking that spiritual connection, and then vice versa. What tends to happen is you have those that get so locked into their subjective realm, they become space cadets, spooky, you know, these are your holy rollers, they want to meditate all the time, and, and, and they want to escape the reality of the everyday life of the objective or the physical realm. And you'll find that they're very unsuccessful on matters of the physical realm. Now, we read that passage last week from uh, the book that we had thrown out there called Astrology, Psychology, and the Four Elements by Stephen Arroyo. And he is explaining it, where that that mental thought pattern, or how that's created in the subconscious mind, and why that imbalancement exists. Because when people start to tap into higher states of consciousness, they get to that fork in that road. Are they going to become super spooky and go to Space Cadetville, or are they just not going to grasp it and they're going to get so grounded and, and shift the other way? Now, the one that is grounded, or as that passage was explaining last week, is rooted in the earth, has that balancement where they, they, they can shift at any time and they can access the different varying uh, vibrational degrees of energy and know how to work with it. That's the key here. That's what we want to kind of discuss uh, and, and kind of go into that a little bit because this is where the problem comes in. This is what creates all the stuff we were just talking about. And it creates that, that pyramid scheme system where there is the supreme leader, you know, there's the inner circle, there's the slight outer circle from the inner circle, then there's the, you know, the backbones and the cones, all the, all the, the followers, you understand? But anyway, let's talk a little bit about that. Now, we mentioned last week, brothers, let's get into it a little bit. I want to kind of finish with uh, the Asenta Muerte, the uh, spirit of death. 
or the holy death, as some call it. We kind of touched on it last week. Um, let's get a little bit more into the, this is a particular spirit of energy that's uh, popular, uh, very popular, as we mentioned last week, um, amongst uh, the Mexican community or Mexican practitioners, uh, spiritual black magic. But its roots go deeper than that. People might just know uh, the holy death more so on a mundane or surface level. Uh, you really have to go back into the Aztec culture and study the deity uh, or the queen of the underworld in that culture, which if you keep digging will take you back to Egypt and Africa. It's always been a, a spirit and a presence. You can even go to the, the, the masculine aspect of it, of Anubu or Anubis in Egypt. There's always been that representation of that energy in all these cultures. You can even go into the Sumerian culture. You have the deities of the underworld. Um, you can go into the Aruba culture. Um, the list goes on and on and on. Um, but there is always that connection with higher realms of faith and consciousness. So let's let's talk about that, and let's talk about some some things that one can do and put into practice. First, let's deal again with the with the holy death. Um, now I know we've all done some work to an extent uh, with that particular energy. Now here's the case, and, and maybe you guys can all give me your your elaborate and give me your experience with it. We talked about making pact, and I want to clarify that. People hear that. Oh, shit, that sounds like some evil shit. No. There's a, there's a system of agreement. That's, that's part of the balancement process. So when you're working with some of these entities, you, you know, it's, it's that law of the universe. In order to get something, you have to give something. People don't understand how that principle works. And this is, again, explain why the mundane people have no success in working with because they're constantly asking and asking for shit, but they're never giving anything in return. And this is an important aspect. So let's talk a little bit about that, and maybe you brothers share some of your experience with that. Um, whoever wants to go first, feel free. Sure. Well, let me say this. Um, I've done a, a ritual to uh, connect or make a pact with the spirits of the dead, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> Santa Muerte. Uh it's connected to the, really, from the Aztec goddess of the underworld, which is, as Brother Benedi said, it's connected to ancient uh, Kemet as well. And ancient Kemet, got, uh, at one time, the goddess of the underworld was Hetero or Hathor. That's right. Um, but then in time, that baton passed on to Anpu or Anubis. Correct. Um, but it's all the same energy, same interconnected energy. Um, with funny about that is also that in Greece, Hades was considered um, a dog of, he, he also was considered like a dog of the underworld. Mm -hmm. um, and he had a dog that had three heads, Cerebus, uh, right. who had three heads. So right. you see that the dead has always been connected to dogs and the underworld as dogs because dogs have a keen scent to be able to smell their way through things. And that's what the underworld is symbolic of, basically finding your way through the muck and mire of your past life experiences to get to where you're going. So right. when you deal with Santa Muerte, what you're really doing is you're actually, one of the things you're doing, and I can't say that's the only thing because everybody's going to have a different experience, one of the things you're doing is you're tapping into that subconscious mind of your grave your grave 
were the things you think you've buried, the things you never dealt with that you think you buried and, and nailed in a coffin and you think you got it all figured out now, that's what you're working with. A lot of times you tie into that energy and it starts surfacing things that come forth that you have to deal with. Now, understand, when you work with the spirits of the dead, just with anything else, but specifically with the spirits of the dead, you're going to get things that you need, not that you want. So, in other words, what I mean by that is you may think you want a thousand, whatever, a hundred thousand dollars for whatever greedy purpose you have for that $100,000. Now, most people say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I want to pay my bills and I want to help my mom out. First thing these niggas do is go buy a car most of the time, right? Bullshit. Anyways, what you really want is not always what you're going to get when you work with the spirits that usually you're going to get what you need, and that is usually connected to something that's going to help you grow. And it's not always going to be so peaches and cream. You have to understand that when you tap into that, you're opening things about yourself that you really need to focus on, work on, and real, really, in real time, deal with. And it's not going to be as nice as you want it to be. Not, not only that, you you look at it, look at your ancestors that have passed on your blood relatives. They didn't just, you know, when they were alive, they didn't just do shit for you or just hand you shit because you wanted niggas. So, you got to be realistic with this shit. When Exactly. So when you are working with that, you have to understand one of the first things is sacrifice. Brother Benita alluded to that. What are you willing to sacrifice right. in your work? Are you willing to sacrifice your stupid-ass, egotistical, overbearing bullshit? I'm not saying right. that part of the ego that is necessary for your survival and for functioning and for success. I'm talking about that part of it that is so fucking overbearing and egotistical that it, it doesn't have any reasoning left within it, okay? Are you willing to sacrifice something like that? And what right. are you trying to obtain? See, some people will say, well, I want to obtain, you know, a fucking jet plane. Okay, for what? What's the fucking purpose? Oh, I just think it's cute. Really, and you're going to propitate to the spirits because you think that's cute and you want it in your life? No, niggas, that's not how this shit works. What is it that you really need in your life? What is it that you need for you to grow, right? And so if you work with the spirits like the pact I did, it was for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding <coughs> when it comes to working within this realm of magic. Correct. And knowledge and wisdom understanding when I deal with the objective realm of this physical existence. You understand? I'm not asking for fucking Alexis and expecting that shit to just pop up tomorrow when I open the door. And then if it's not there, I'm disappointed because I really thought I was going to get Alexis. Because, see, I did the ritual, and one of the rituals required for me to stick a candle in my vagina. And so because I put my vagina's energy on there, I'm supposed to get what I want. Bullshit, niggas. That's not how it works. Yeah, man. You you think that's how it's supposed to work, but it's not. You're only going to get what you really need in your life, not what you want. So in the pact, you have to start off the pact by labeling your name your parents' name, and as far back as you can go. Mama, grandma, granddad on both sides, okay? This is opening 
a vortex of energy and a tunnel like to connect to your familial bloodline. You're not putting in there, I want to, um, well, you know, I'm the son of such and such and, such and connected to Prince, and I'm also connected to, you know, uh, su- bullshit. It's not how it works, dude. Now, okay, Muhammad Ali, so now everybody's going to propitate Muhammad Ali, and I had visions of Muhammad Look, niggas, you had no visions of Muhammad Ali. You didn't have him before he passed, and you're not having him now. You're convincing yourself that. You're convincing yourself that you had that shit. You want to be one of the first ones on the scene and say, yeah, he talked to me last night, because that makes you seem like you some fucking deep shit. So what? Did he bless you with some shit that's going to transform your life? No, nigga. So then shut up. That's how you know it's made up in your mind. Anyways, besides that, so you create the pact. In the pact, you start to state what it is, why you're doing the pact. Don't just say, I'm doing, I'm making this pact, and that's it. Why are you fucking doing the pact? Maybe for knowledge, maybe for wisdom. Maybe I want to heal myself or heal somebody in my bloodline, okay? Somebody in my family, my friends, somebody that needs the real healing. See, some shit that's not always about myself, something else that's going to benefit that's, somebody else. And, and real quick, I want to say that. That's important. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I've done some, like, reconciliation and healing between family members. Uh, that's, right. that's a powerful fact. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a system that a lot of people, you know, really don't work. And like you said, it's not always it's not always just about your own personal shit. Sometimes you have to do work, you know, the, the energy around you. Sometimes even basic oh. stuff like, you know, try, try to bring balance and peace, uh, you know, amongst family members uh, in the home, things of that nature. Um just just normal stuff sometimes that needs that repair or needs that energy to boost it up. And I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people don't don't really talk about that because all the work becomes about I, 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 me, 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 me. And, again, it goes back to what we're going to elaborate more on it and what I said earlier. What What is it you're willing to give? You understand? What What, what are you willing to give? Well, when we say sacrifice, sometimes that's not always just focusing on yourself when you're doing the work. It's sitting out and taking that time and energy to, to work and assist others. And you can do that, you know, um, you know, behind closed doors on a, on a very, you know, higher level, and it doesn't have to be known to everybody. You understand what I'm saying? It's just that makes the work even more powerful when you're taking the time and energy not devoted to yourself and you're doing it for, quote, unquote, something that is positive on your objective realm, that's not only going to affect you, but it's going to affect everybody around you. To me, that's some of the most powerful work you can do because that takes a lot of sacrifice time in it. But anyway, also, I, want to that in there. I, want, I wanted to add into that real quick. Also, there's something known as um, P. True Pox. And what this is, is the... Um, Dravidian way of saying, you know, ancestral worship or, you know, giving reverence to your like speaking some bloodline. Star Wars what the fuck was that? <laughs> P. True Pox, brother. And, like, um, nigga, you spin? What the? <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't. It's not like one of those Hindus that work at 7 Eleven and shit. Yep. <laughs> and what they do, you know, in, um, Southern India is for 15 days. They do Pichu Pach, which is which is ancestor worship. They 
they do certain mantras of Gayatri right. that relates to that relates to their blood ancestors for fifteen days and what this does is it opens up the spiritual gate known as Vishnu Lok. Vishnu right. Lok and that's the, that's considered the ancestral realm. And what this mm-hmm. does is for fifteen days they do these rituals and it elevates their ancestors and it also clears our ancestral karma, which in turn clears out your karma. Right, and don't mm. forget that the secret ritual you 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 told me that you did. You you get a, a feather and you tickle your ass while you do the mantra. Is that, is that no, part? nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? On a serious note, I'm glad you brought that part up because we had we didn't really touch on that. Uh, mantra magic or working mantras now dealing with sound and vibration and tones and frequencies, which can, you know, bring about higher states of consciousness. That's very important because especially in the pantheon, you're talking about um, Brother Saw, the Dravidian, or what we know today as the Hindu pantheon. Uh, A lot of them are centered around a lot of these mantras. uh, And one that we've talked about a lot on the show is uh, the deity Kalima, the dark goddess. We'll talk about her because it kind of connects to what we're talking about. Tonight, uh, her mantras are very powerful. Um, when you access the dark energy that's affiliated with uh, Kali Ma, um, and it brings about swift and abrupt change. Um, and the mantras are very powerful. And you can find mantras not just in this culture. Obviously, it's in, you can find it in Egyptian culture. You can find similarities in the Yoruba slash what we know today as modern-day Santeria culture. Um, but they're very powerful tools because they bring about higher states of consciousness. And when done correctly in an individual setting or a group setting, um, not only does one get the, you know, the mental benefits but and the spiritual benefits, but you can, you can actually feel sometimes when you hit certain tones or pitches when you're doing these mantras, you can feel the transformational process happening literally physically in the body um, as it's going on. When, if you're doing it correctly, you'll find when you hit a certain rhythm, which is very important with them, You'll find out that there's a buildup as you do it. You'll see it'll start, you know, you'll get, you know, loosen up and get comfortable with it. Then the pace might pick up a bit. And then it gets very rhythmic. So when you hit a certain rhythm and it's just like it's happening naturally and it's going, it's flowing smoothly, that's when you find out that these higher states of consciousness start to open up. And you say, well, and again, we can only speak on our personal experience. So we're not, we're not telling anybody to accept this next part that I'm about to say. Because um, I can only speak for what personally happens when I do it. Same thing with Brother Ravana Noon and Brother Sargidi. Um, you'll you'll have all types of uh, quote unquote visions, see things, uh, and sometimes like they'll they will open the doorway and the gateway to different ancestors that you're connected to, and you'll have your own personal experiences. But I do want to stress the word personal experiences. When you do have these, that doesn't mean after you have them you go try to convince everybody to believe you. Okay, and and you said something earlier, Sargidi, that's so true. And Ravana Noon, you touched on it. Now, if you're talking privately with somebody and they can relate, if they can connect to your subjective realm because they've had that similar experience, that's all good. So it's okay to do that on that level. But when you try to get in front of a large group of people and convince them that this is what happened and this is it, you and you and you, and you get upset with them when they don't accept it. So don't get mad if somebody goes, oh, that's cool, but I can't relate to that shit. That's not a reality to me. doesn't mean that you didn't experience it because your mind created it. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is 
it may not be a reality to that individual you're trying to convince, so you can't get upset with that. Um, and it's specific, so, isn't specifically geared towards you. It's not geared towards the whole. That This is where you come into understanding the difference between an objective experience and a subjective experience. That's right. For for example, if if there's a if there's a thunderstorm outside, right? You know, that's an objective experience because we all hear lightning. That's right. We all experiencing the rain. We see in the clouds. That is an objective experience. Mm-hmm. But if you know you go to sleep tonight and you dream about Ali, and um. And then you come to your community or your neighborhood and say, hey, man, Ali visited me in a dream. They're going to look at you like you're crazy for the simple fact that they cannot relate with it because they did not experience that. And it's only it, the experience is only in your mind. It's only for you. Yeah, just like just like when Asar the other day tried to convince me that the <laughs> other night after a ritual he had a, a – a succubus pinching his nipples that night. <laughs> no, nigga. <laughs> and all he could think about was was doing a mantra to get her off of him. And uh, she kept going. <laughs> and, you know, he tried to convince me. He was like, yo, I'm going to send that succubus after you next. I was like, nigga, please. Uh, <laughs> wait, she going to get booty smacked. I know that. But anyway. <laughs> well, now, it's funny, though, because, like I said, us on this show, we can share all of our different subjective experiences with you guys, but that shit don't apply to you. Exactly. What will be the use? And the only time we do it is as a teaching experience. That's it. So if we're building on a subject matter that's related to it, and that's why you always hear us say, you know, this is not necessarily how it will happen for you. Everybody's experience is different, et cetera, et cetera. That's the reason why we do it. You never ever hear us say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm connected to the deity from the planet Baboonosaurus. You know, <laughs> you know, you know we, don't, we, don't, we don't make these mundane claims that we're some high spiritual entities. That, you know, that's, how, that's how all the okie doke shit starts. That's how all the conscious pimps run their conscious pimp game. And this is where people keep falling for the okie doke. But really what, I, what, 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 I, what the reality of it is, is these are individuals that have weak minds, and these are the, these specific people look for individuals like that that they can prey upon because there's a certain mindset one has to have to fall for that nonsense, especially in 2016. You know, as we said multitude of times on the show, with all the technology, the, uh, you know, with the computer error, you know, the, you can access just about. There's nothing anybody on an intellectual level can tell you today in 2016 that you can't access for yourself. There's nothing. I don't care what it is. You can find rare books if you search. You can find rare subject matter. Hard to find stuff that might have been hard to find 20, 15, 20 or more years ago is very easily accessible now. There's so much one has access to. Whereas when a lot of these conscious pimps came on the scene 20 plus years ago, you know, your Farrakhan's, your Dr. York's and all the likes that we were talking about, most people didn't have access to a lot of the information we have access to now. And a lot of them used rare books, rare cult books from the 1800s, 1900s, that they knew you would never be able to find. Um, and you even can hear Dr. Valentine talk about this on some of his lectures. Um, 
in actually recent lectures in the last three years. Um, it, it's, it's changed, whereas back then you had to rely on those couple of elders and, you know, some of the great elders like Dr. Ben, Dr. Ballantyne, Dr. Jeffries, Dr. Clark, uh, Ivan Van Sertimer, to me, was one of, the, one of the, I don't think he gets to do credit due to something that I believe Ravana Noon told me because he was married to a Caucasian woman. I do believe that has a lot to do with it. And they just don't like to draw attention to him. And here's one of the most Afrocentric men you'll ever see with scholars, but yet he had a Caucasian wife, but nobody talks about that shit. Um, <laughs> but the bottom, the bottom line really is, Back then, you had to depend on those elders and scholars because they were the ones that were digging up the archives. They were the ones that were pulling the rare information from sources we didn't have access to. And it was appropriate. Uh, and, 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 they, and they weren't being fucking lazy and not doing the research. Exactly. But it was appropriate for that time. But what we're saying in 2016, man, come on, man. If you can't do this on your own now and things are so much easier now, and we're coming from a perspective. We are, I mean, me and Brother Von, we walked the street back in the 80s and the 90s. That's, that's, there was none of this shit what we're doing now. We're on the internet, doing internet radio and YouTube and Facebook. You know, we were, we were setting up tables on streets. We were walking to the people, knocking on Niggas was actually talking to people face to face. And I don't exactly. know that. We did that shit wearing a Jalabia, nigga. Yeah, come on, man. A fucking Jalabia Muslim robe. In the motherfucking middle of New York City, Hartford, exactly. Connecticut, Philly, Boston, the fucking hood. Places. Walking in there like that, walking into a project or around a project. Nigga, you know how crazy you look and you still out there because you believe in something so strongly. Yeah, brother, check this out, brother. Check this out, brother. Let me show you something in this book. Yeah, that's how it was. See, people have it real easy. They're cream puffs. That's right. Think us nowadays compared to the shit people went through back then. Going and, then and then you have a lot of internet gangsters that hide behind the computers. You know, everybody's told to hide behind the computer. You know, they like to pop off at the mouth where, you know, they identify themselves. That's my favorite. You know. So one, one thing before I forget, I know this may not be important, but just, just to give a, you know, just for all the listeners, uh, this past Monday was Brother Ramana Newman's birthday, so it's all wish yeah. to happy belated birthday. That was on Monday, June 6th. Uh, hey. My birthday is tomorrow, so That's right. wants to send presents. I'm kidding. Uh, but no, we just want to We're not shout kidding. Out. We expect the Colts working videos in the, in the inbox <laughs> by tomorrow. So you, by tomorrow. So, you, so, yeah, happy birthday to him, belated yeah. birthday. And, uh, damn, you, yeah. damn, you niggas, you niggas getting old, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, well, I'll be 45 <laughs> tomorrow. I think you're 45. You just turned 45, right? Am I right? Yep, just turned 45. Yeah, I'll be 45 tomorrow, man. Oh, see, brother, see, four and five is nine, brother. Yeah, see, that's nine. Fine. fine, brother. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we, got, we got 45 more years to go, brother. 45. Yeah, more. yeah. <laughs> but no, no, excellent points. I, I think that was some, some, some uh, excellent points. And, and, and all of this has to be considered and put in perspective. Now, let's talk about this since we brought up birthdays. And let's talk about astrological time. Let's talk about a little astrology now. Let's shift it to this before we go to the phone and take some calls. Let's, let's talk about the importance. Now, now I want to stress this, too, before we get into this for the listeners. Not that it's mandatory, but, I, again, from my own personal experience, and I know the brothers have done this, too, and they'll, they can share their experience. I think it really enhances the power and energy of the work. You really know the motion of the planet. 
astrological sign and the positioning of the moon. Now, again, I want to I want to stress. I'm not saying it's mandatory. Okay, like right now we're in the Cancer sign. Uh, Jim and I transitioned into Cancer just yesterday, uh, and that's a great time to to do a lot of uh, when you're trying to uh, take full control of a situation uh, and dominate it. Not in the sense I'm not talking about personal egotistical stuff to dominate something or somebody. Like for say for an example, if you're trying to obtain uh, better mental clarity or higher states of knowledge, or you're trying to really master a skill set, whether it's on the job or or maybe you're you're participating in an athletic uh, sport and you're really trying to get mental focus to be the best you can be. This is a good time for that. Um, that, that this is the energy that, that is permeating in the atmosphere right now. Um, so knowing the astrological signs of, and the planetary hours is important when working this magic because the influence of planets in our solar system, Mars, Jupiter, like for an example, Jupiter influence, uh, you got to be careful working with that because when, you, when you're dealing with the Jupiter influence, it keeps things at a standstill. That's not a good time, for an, say, for an example, to make packs or to do uh, work for advancement on all levels. That's not a good time when it's Jupiter influence. Colors, too. Um, if you work candle magic, is important uh, to know all these things. Now, again, from personal experience, I'm saying I can attest that uh, when you really work with the astrological signs, the planetary hours, the positioning of the moon, and the astrological sign, the positioning of the sun, uh, it's, it's very it's very critical and key because knowing how we talked about over the last year or so, these archetype energies uh, in these various cultures, uh, the Egypt, uh, the Aruba, uh the petrol lejas of the uh, Vuitton Pantheon, Spirits of the Dead, um, there's a connection there. Um, so I find when working your rituals, be it candle magic rituals, meditation rituals, uh, could be accessing uh, mantra magic for Kalima, whatever, um, I do find that knowing the darker hour, like Mars, uh, which is usually the midnight hours from midnight to two, um, if you really want to work with dark planetary uh, forces that tie into these spirits that we're talking about, you're going to find that those are the best hours when, when planetary, planet is up and about the Mars system. Um, it's a very high-powered energy. Um, it fluctuates, and it's, it's surprising is it, the best word that I can put in there. You, it'll definitely bring you a bunch of surprises. So maybe we could talk about that a little, brothers, on, you know, how much do you or do you not incorporate that in your work? And maybe you can give the listeners your opinions on it. Do you do it sometimes? Do you find not really, or I don't really do it that much. It's not necessary. Um, I incorporate it, uh, I want to say consistently. I'm not going to say all the time. Um, but it just all, it all depends on what I'm doing, what I'm working with. And I think uh, it does the whole personally for myself. It does a lot of power in it. So maybe you both build on that for a little bit before we go to the phone. Sure. Um, myself, Ravana Noon, I would say that uh, I, would, I do it once in a while. Me. Um, I do it more, I do things more by when my spirit is like saying, let's do something, I feel it, let's do this today, than if I follow um, a pattern. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I'll do it, depending on what I'm trying to do, the ritual or whatever else I'm trying to do. But right. a lot of times I just follow what my spirit says. And what comes out to be is when I do that, and then I do a little research on the day I did it, it usually coincides with those days and times anyways. Oh, right, right, right. So that's that's yep. 
Yeah, that's how I usually work it. Um, most of the time when I do rituals, it's usually after midnight anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, a lot of times it'll be on just, it just happens to be sometimes on Thursday nights, sometimes it's Saturday nights, um, sometimes it'll be a Monday night. But it all depends. Um, for some people, I would say uh, it has a greater benefit. And if, if that's work for you, continue working using that the the planetary patterns and and mm-hmm. uh, phases because some people seem to vibe better when they have that consciously and aware of it. So right. it enhances their work. Right. For other people, it may not enhance it um, if they just let it flow and they're not used to just following patterns. So it all depends on the individual, but it can actually and definitely can enhance your work. Right. Um, what I do suggest, though, when you do work with spirits of the dead, it's best to, a lot of times, uh, do it after midnight, as well as, um, if you're able to, face the West. West has always been synonymous with the dead. In ancient right. Kemet, the dead were considered to be uh, buried in the West. And, uh, and the West was considered a dead land. Um, you can find this in a lot of ancient cultures and a lot of even modern cultures where the West is still symbolic of death. One of Heteru's or Hathor's nickname was Lady of the West uh, because right. she was considered a goddess of the underworld. Uh, so when you look this up, a lot of times working towards the West works. Um, <clears throat> and then that also coincides with the planetary movements the moon risings, appearing of rising and setting, it mm-hmm. all coincides. So a lot of those things definitely can be beneficial. Um, I want to ask you this, Ravana, no, real quick before I forget. You bring that. You bring. I want to ask you if you do this or not, or if you can share with the listeners. But also in chaos magic, working with the north, towards the north is powerful, and that's why we had talked about on previous shows in the Masonic laws to say the north. There's nothing that dark. Uh, exactly. Well, my altar actually faces the north. Fuck what it is. Mine too. Other, other people say, well, do the west. That's what they say. No, mine, I'm just, mine's north. I share, mine's north. Right. I share suggestions with people, but mine actually faces north because to me, I've always, I've always felt a connection facing north. I always felt, you know, um, that's a vortex of energy, a dark that's vortex right. of energy coming from the north. That's right. Um, and when people do more research on how some of these sacred orders, um, you know, they, they, they had this idea about the North, and you want to work with serious chaos magic, you'll understand right. why the North was considered something as um, barren land, a vortex of, or a void or an abyss of energy, Correct. Um, Correct. dark energy, then you'll understand why some of us will, will put things or alter things like that facing the North. The North is, um, in my opinion, more powerful than anywhere else. Um, some people will tell you. Uh, the West well, no, brother. Mm-hmm. See the North. See the North, brother, relates to the cold, and see that's the white man's <laughs> environment. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but anyway, let me let me before I go to you, brother. Sorry, I don't want to get your spin on it, but I want to ask our last question, Bravano Noon. How important? And it's not again. I'm saying I'm asking this question just for the listeners, but. I'm asking this, I'm not, not that it's mandatory or necessary, because I'll do this whenever I feel, need be or not. Uh, is there an importance as far as 
dress when you when you're doing your rituals? Can you maybe share with the listeners? Um, do you put on certain type of garb that you use that enhances your ritual? Um, though it's not mandatory or necessary, but from a personal experience standpoint. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, say yes and no to that. And the reason why okay. is this. Yes, because certain times when I really feel, I'll put it this way. Okay. Certain times I feel the real dark energy. There you go. It feels like a an, uh, an assassin type of energy, the ancient assassin type of energy. So I'll put on my all-black garb for that, and I'll do rituals with that because I'm actually working with and feeding that energy that's asking to be fed so it doesn't consume me. Correct. I control it and master it by feeding it and keeping it under my control, under my will. Other Correct. times, I'll do it butt naked. No, I've done that too. I've done it in a shirt and shorts and a T-shirt. I mean, uh, yeah. You got to do it with what you feel the most comfortable, but definitely depends on the on the ritual you're doing and what you're trying to invoke or evoke, what you're okay. trying to work with, what you're trying to connect with. Definitely, like if you're trying to work with real dark energy, I, the colors uh, to use is black. You could get a uh, black cloaks, black robes, uh, red, black and red. That's what I would definitely work with. Like if I work with Setian energy, I try to incorporate black and red into uh, right. my uh, attire or what I'm wearing. Um, those, it's funny because those are the, usually the colors that I wear for my shit, usually black and red. I, mean, that's, I got a lot of fucking, a lot of black and red clothes. I just, just, just shit I like. You know what I'm saying? It's not because any particular reason. I just like the shit. And then what, what, the, the, more the, in this, I realized, oh, shit, that's why I wear it. That shit was always connected to me. But, a, ve- yeah. a, a very important thing is to make sure that you're comfortable in what you're wearing. Don't wear some shit because you just want to wear a costume. Be comfortable in that shit, nigga. You know, like don't you make wear, yourself like, uncomfortable. You know, like sorry, you like to wear you like to wear gauchos with a bra, right? But that's cool, <laughs> comfortable. Hell no. Well, see, well, see, brother, <laughs> see. When I want to tap into that Cali energy, nigga, I like to pierce my nipples, nigga. <laughs> Watch out for his tongue. He starts to lick anything in sight. Nigga. So, again, I guess it goes back to the principle, kind of go with, you know, what your vibe and your energy is telling you. And, again, that's part of the path of self-mastery, creating your own path. And, again, I'm bringing this up, not because I'm asking, because I don't know. I'm bringing it up so listeners can get the gist of when you just set out to create your own path, this is how you do it. Uh, and, and the objective is to get the listeners to see it's not about right or wrong or following a, you know, mapped out systematic way of doing things because then we're back to the same old nonsense. Um, you create it by going, if you're instant, like, like Brother Ramanun just said, if you feel like getting elaborate because you're typing into a dark energy, you might want to put on that tail robe or the all black with the hood or whatever. Because uh, that enhances the ritual. Um, I seen I seen Ravana come to class in that shit one time. Man, <laughs> so so so, but it's a good point. And and again, I, that's that's so the listeners can get a visual. And then again, I've I've literally just you know t-shirts and a short because it's just spur of the moment, and that's it's not required to to go that length. So good point. Real quick, let's go to you, brother uh, Sargedi. Uh, other than you know just wearing feathers around your head with, with a thong on. What else do you do that enhances uh, 
your ritual. So the first part of the question, uh, do you incorporate I, a lot of the astrology? Let's, that first part, let's talk about that before we get into the second I part. Use, me personally, I, use, I work with the moon. Okay. You know, that's my shit. You know, I work with the different phases of the moon. Okay. From from you know the waning to the waxing to the dark okay. to the full. Okay. You know, um, that's when I'm if I'm feeling that shit. If I'm feeling like if I'm feeling that goddess energy, I'm mooning that shit out. But I got you. Fucking, that's when they call you Fruit Loops. That's when... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you so when dealing with you you deal as far as with the astrological aspect of it. Now, when you say you work with the phases of the moon, do you incorporate that when the moon is in any of the astrological signs? Like, for example, right now we're in Cancer. Does that play a part when you work in the rituals, or you don't? You don't really focus on that part. Very rarely. Okay. Most of the time, I'm I'm focused on the phases. Most of the time. Okay. Very rarely do I look at the um, the astrological signs and correspond that with the moon. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. <clears throat> but, you know, it, it's depending on how I feel at the moment. Okay. And what about when you when you perform some of your rituals? Is dress important to you? Or do you that kind of... No, no, dress... No, dress... No, wig and tutu. No. No, dress is not really important to me. I mean, mm. my my... My thing is just being comfortable. That's my shit, you know. If I can okay. be comfortable, you know, then it makes shit work faster, you know. One of one should to be honest, one of my main tools in my magic rituals that helps me get into you know, my subconscious mind is certain incense. I right. use certain incense that automatically shift my consciousness. I don't have to, and, you know, do an hour of chanting or nothing like that. I'm, I'm in that. I'm in that motherfucker. That's Just very like important. That. That's very important. You brought that up. Let's look real quick. Real quick, though. Real quick. Take this shit. Um, <laughs> those who want to work with some serious dark shit, get these incense called vampire incense. That's evil, brother. That's I had evil. a good friend. I had a good friend send me that shit. That shit is some hot shit. That shit works, though. So gotta check yeah, it out. Definitely. Definitely. Let's real quick before we go to the I want to bring that portion in real fast. Uh, when dealing with herbs, incense, and and creating spiritual baths, this is important too. Um, let's talk about this real quick. Now, this is something I do consistently too, a couple times a week. Uh, two, it all depends how I'm feeling. It might be three or four times a week. Um, one thing that's unique is I find when you create it yourself and you charge it. With your intent, it makes it very powerful. For an example, uh, to show you uh, right now with the Holy Death, one thing I find if you go to any occult store and get a base wash, like I'll get the one right now for the Holy Death, and then I'll add my own stuff to it. I'll add some myrrh. Um, I'll add some, some white occult powder. Um, I'll add different fragrances, Florida water. Uh, whatever, whatever herbs you get to add to it, some people will throw flowers in there, cinnamon. Uh, fresh mint uh, sometimes is, is very invigorating to the subconscious mind, uh, head cleansing, things of that nature. I do think that this also, and again, I can only speak from my own personal experience, you'll find if you do a cleansing before 
you work some of these rituals and enhance the power and the energy of the ritual too. Not not that an outside force is doing it, you're doing it because what you're doing is to me that's phase one, the preparatory stage. You're getting yourself prepared. And one thing that we've talked about on here, you can create that bath and, you know, put your ingredients in like a gallon jug. You can keep it by your altar to charge it if you so choose. It's not mandatory. Um, you can find out that this is this works very effective too to get the subconscious in the state of mind of receptivity. Um, and that's 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 important. Um, now, is it necessary? No. But I think if you do do it and you do it based on you creating your own, I'm not talking about going to some clown and paying 80 to to $100 for some bath that you can create yourself. And they're basically putting the same ingredients in it that you're doing. Uh, but you'll find when, I'm telling you, man, I'll literally go into the occult store and just go with my instinct. Like, one thing I never really worked with, I told Ravon, I knew about this uh, few days ago. I never really worked a lot with the uh, the dragon's blood occult oil and the incense, and I found out when working with the spirits of the dead and charging your candles with that, uh, and 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 using the incense, it does stimulate and 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 bring in higher states of consciousness. It definitely does. It, 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 it really does, you know. Um, and I'm just speaking on that's just my personal experience, you know. And then it's funny though when I actually did some research into this shit. Smell is very effective in, you know, um, magic. You right. know, um, smell, aromatherapy activates what's a part of you known as the amygdala. You know, the amygdala in the brain, that is your emotional center. That's right. And smell activates that part of you. And it's funny, the only thing that can activate this part of you is smell. That's the interesting part. Is that why so, is that why you rub oil all over your body and put feathers on yourself? Hell no, nigga. <laughs> no, yeah, but, yeah, um, I'm glad. Yeah, the amygdala is activated, activated by smell. And this is this brings out different emotions, you know, different, you know, different feelings. The, you know, this brings your mood out pretty much. Smell so brings your mood question. out. How does, that, how does that apply to these all-naturally-stink kale-eating salads, people that stink like ass when I smell that, I get upset. So what, you know, I, I, can that work I mean, in I mean, if if one of these kill salad eating niggas think you know musk is coming from their underarms is a divine smell, then hey nigga, musk your musk your ass on. Just don't be around me, nigga. That's all I'm saying, you know. <laughs> oh, so I bring that up, even though that sounds funny, and I think you were there for this, brother. So if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this was back in 2009. We were doing a ritual in the Egyptian temple that we had built, put together, whatever. And we used to have one dude that, well, it was two dudes. One dude had severe underarm odor, and the other dude's breath was straight. Smelled like Bruce Lee was kicking. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And and what happened, and we bring this up, even though it's funny, and it is funny as shit, because brother had exactly breath smell exactly like his ass. But <laughs> the problem was after one session after one session uh, people came up to us afterwards and 
brought it to our attention and how, how it distracted the whole energy of the event. <laughs> and, and, and when you're doing a group ritual, hygiene is important. But come on, let's be real. You should have common sense not to come to a group ritual setting and your breath is kicking or your underarms kicking and you smell like straight ass. I mean, that's not <laughs> a good thing to do. So that can work reverse too. I hate to say it. It can throw the whole thing off because what happens is the concentration is broken. Rather than you focus on the ritual, all you're smelling is stink now, and now you're, 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 you're <laughs> so you you you. That's a funny but important part because smell, smell can enhance your shit. A smell can fucking distract you. Know, <laughs> Thank you. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, big time. All right, what do you both say? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Take some calls, brother. And one of, and I should say, one of my, um, and this is personal, one of my favorite incense of all time is sandalwood. Just that, you know, that shit get me in the zone hey, you, just like that. You're nigga, that's orgasmic, nigga. No, Yo, you, you barbecue your chicken over sandalwood chips, right? You know, what's funny, because um, I, I heard about, you know, I've dealt with the frankincense and myrrh, but it doesn't do nothing for me. I mean, well, a lot of people fine, talk yeah. about it. A lot of people talk about it as a spiritual, yeah, you know, smell and stuff, but that, that smell, shit does brother. nothing for me. Yeah, huh? Of course, because everybody has their own smell. Your smell is sandalwood while you roast kale chips on the side. That's just what you do. <laughs> Not everyone. Some people like uh, fucking eucalyptus when they do shit. It all depends on what you like. Uh, I find I find natural patchouli works really well. Uh, I do use a frankincense and myrrh mixture sometimes. Uh, I got another oil I use. It's chocolate oil. I find that charges the candles real good. Dragon's blood, as I also mentioned. Yep. Uh, and sandalwood. I use a couple of different variations of the sandalwood. So yeah, like like Ravon said, it's all it's personal preference, whatever stimulates uh the some you're gonna like, there's some that's not gonna do shit for you, there's some that Yeah, like I, I have like a, a row of them motherfuckers that I like, you know, as far as smells, I'm like, God damn, you know. Shit that just gets you in a zone, you know. Right. But yeah, that, every that's, everybody's that's, shit is personal, you know. Like you got you like that one I think you use all the time, fried chicken musk. Yeah. That's <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! I like see. I see what fried chicken does is it activates the nigga guy inside of your brain. Yeah, yeah, and it brings you into the black melanin divine realms. Yeah, brother. It, it, it activates your cosmic dust. <laughs> All right, but anyway, I think we've covered uh, a lot. Let's uh, see, we get some take on what the listeners. Uh, think maybe get some. And what we would like to do before we go to the phone? Let, let, let me let me say this, please. Share share your 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 experiences with us. Uh, you can be objective too. You ain't got to agree with everything that we're saying. That's not the purpose of the show. The show is for you to dialogue and uh, you know share some of the stuff that you do so other listeners can hear um, and, and open the dialogue. I mean, I know a lot of people. Yeah, and, and people, just let you know, people, just, people can try it out. People can try it out, you know. Maybe it'll work yeah. for them, you know. Exactly. Or well, you might be able to impart something on us that we may not be familiar with. That then not only share it with us, but everybody else that's uh, listening. 
uh, online on the on the call, uh, listening on Twitter, Facebook, etc. You can you can share that information with them because this is what creating your own spiritual path is about. Because we learn that way because then you can take you know, when you're studying, you do your research, whether it's through books, through elders, through your personal experiences, this is how you start creating your own path because you start pulling and taking what's useful to you and whatever's not useful to you, you just pop that shit to the side. Just don't bother with it. But this is how one is on that path of self-mastery. They start now pulling from their experiences and they start putting together their own system that works for them. That's, that's, funny. that's funny. That's funny you say that because uh, that's so true. Like just for me personally, when I when I read books and shit now, like when I read metaphysical books, like I can't read through through the whole fucking book. I only grab what's important to me, what I can right. apply to me. I don't care about the other shit in the book, you know. That's I right. mean, that's just that's me. Right. Like you know, I, I I used to be able to read books through, but I just can't do it no more because some shit is not important to me, you know. Well, that's why there's your answer why you can, and that's a good that's a good point. And I find something similar to what you just said, I find that I automatically just go to a section of the book, book that I gravitate towards and it's needed. And I, for whatever reason, I just naturally bypass the other shit if I don't need it. I might scan through it, but I find now I'll automatically be taken to portions of the book that are, that are, that are pertinent. And sometimes I might go back after the fact and read the entire thing, more so exactly for dialogue purposes or, or to teach or whatever. But that's good. That's funny you bring that up because I find that now over the last couple of years, whereas years ago, you know, we were book crackheads. We'd sit down and get any book we got our hands <laughs> on, reading that shit from front to back four, five, <laughs> six times. Uh, but that also confirms you get to a point where you don't need books, you know, to, to have to dictate everything to you. Um, and shit, we're book collectors. I know all of us collect books. I got a, I got a gang of books when I tell you I got a gang of books. Um, yeah, I, I have a bunch of shit over here. Oh, yeah. So now, like, we'll pull it out. Like, if I'm preparing a class or something, I might just go and grab a few and, and put together a little something in my mind. And I don't do anything rehearsed. I don't write shit down. Uh, I don't think any of us do that. Uh, we've been teaching a uh, long time over the years, and we kind of just go right off the top of the head. That's how books are right in the mind. Uh, you know, we're, we're old school. We don't, you know, now, you know, the big thing is you got to get a PowerPoint presentation and you know, that's nice, but, eh, you know, that's just, that's not my thing. I don't, I don't guess. You know, I think more keeping it more, you know, uh, when you dialogue and interreacting more on a personal level, I think it's more effective and people get more out of it. Um, I've been to those type of settings. I've seen it from an outside perspective, just witnessing it. And I've literally watched people fall asleep because there's no interreaction. It becomes very, you know, monotonous and boring and it's like being in a uh, college dorm where you're, you're you know you get it i mean teach his own but uh, you know everybody's in america but anyway all right let's see if we can uh go to the phones we'll take some calls for the next 30 minutes or so uh i'm not gonna stay on too long tonight gotta stay on until week 11 and we'll see how it goes but more than likely we'll try to keep this up within the regular time frame to see um so again, we're gonna to go to the phones. If your phone is unmuted, or we'll bounce. Excuse me, sorry. We'll bounce back and forth between the internet and between these phone lines. Um, I'll go back. I saw earlier some comments, questions that were typed in. Well, we'll address those. Um, I'll scroll back up. Uh, if your phone is muted, gotta unmute it. 
you have a question or a comment, we, we, do, we would like to hear from you. Uh, if you don't have a question or a comment, uh, say just listen in. We will go to the next caller. Let's go to our first caller that oh, we have. Yeah, we brother, no, I just said something I also wanted to say to add on what we were just talking about. It, I guess, you know, you get to that point where you read books like that because, you know, a lot of shit is repetitive. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of exactly. shit that you have heard before already. That's right, man. That's true. All right, for the phone. First caller got on the line is uh, Lady Mystic. You're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Yes, thank you so much. I uh, I have a family member who uh, has stage four uh, cancer, according to the doctors, and only okay. has up to two months to live. Oh, and wow. I wanted to uh, contact um, others and look for guidance. And so I was just wondering if you could kind of give me some advice on what I could do. I'm very new within uh, awakened consciousness. And so mm-hmm. I'm just looking for some guidance. Um, I have been seeking uh, holistic ways and essential oils and right. uh, what have you. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, well, first and foremost, let me say sorry to hear about that. That's uh, obviously anybody that's going through something like that is uh, a tough period. Uh, more so for the individual, and obviously the individuals around them. So we don't want to we don't want to sugarcoat it. Um, you know, outside, I can tell you, and the brothers, I'm sure, maybe give some insight also. Um, you know, outside of like you say, you're 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 trying to use natural aromas, you know, aromatherapy, some holistic measures. Um, I think what's important right now, um, in case there is that transition, you might also want to focus on, uh, you know, mentally sending some healing energy. I don't know if you've uh, done any research on, which to me is very important, to create healing centers and energy to, to alleviate the pain in the body. Um, you need to really research the ganglion nerves where you can actually um, find out each one is synonymous. And I can find the one if you email me. I'll have to look it up. Uh, there's ones you can stimulate for any illness. Uh, it deals with various organs in the body. Could be kidney disease, liver disease, cancer, uh, STDs, um, so minor as uh, migraines, headaches, uh, high blood pressure. Um, long story short, um, you can do it yourself. You just need to know where to apply. Um, you use the right thumb, the index finger, and the middle finger. And basically, when you apply it to the correct ganglion nerve, you focus on that energy center. And this has been. I've experienced it myself, and I've, I've done it actually to other people, and I've witnessed other people do it. It definitely can create comfort and healing energy uh, if done correctly. And again, I'm not going to create the false illusion that's going to heal the person altogether. Um, but it's definitely techniques, I think, also in that area you need to focus on in case there's that transition uh, that you're preparing the individual for that transition and providing some type of healing for them. Um, so the ganglion on nerves is very critical in that. Um, one thing to understand. If the person, there's positive and negative treatments for both of them, um, just depending on what you're working with. Um, one thing to understand, if the person is right-handed, the right side of the body is the dominant side. If they're left-handed, the left-handed side of the body is the dominant side. Um, the ganglion nerves, you'll find, start by the trunk of the neck. If you go to the back, 
you'll find they start from where the head ends and the trunk of the neck begins, and they go down the spinal column. And again, as I say, you you take the three fingertips. You have to find the correct ganglion nerve, and I'll, I can actually research that for you. Uh, you can even email me, and I can send you exactly where it's located. And you would place your hands on it, and, and you would visualize if it's the cancer aspect that's that's tied into that particular organ. Uh, what kind of cancer is this individual suffering from? If you can share that with us. Cervical. Okay. So then you would focus on that particular part of the body when you blink when you're doing it. Um, now you can do this in sequences of treatment. Like I said, email me. I can send you the, um, the information on it. Um, and I, I would try also that in addition to what you're doing um, because sometimes, unfortunately, if it's gotten that late um, and if it's tearing the body up that bad, and, again, we don't want to create the illusion we're not doctors. Um, you know, a lot of these treatments, if, if, if when you study a lot of this stuff, if you do this, on a, if we start doing this now, it'll prevent us from getting to those stages. Uh, like we also suggest when people get ill, you know, always seek medical attention if needed. And medicine can just get you. Medicine, unfortunately, just basically doesn't cure the problem. It just masks it. And as we talked about on the show, unfortunately, synthetics, especially for melanated people, are damaging because it doesn't really help them. It actually hurts them more. But, you know, if we need those things need be and get ourselves to a state where we can maintain or use maintenance aspect, unfortunately, we can prevent a lot of these things. Uh, but, again, I don't want to paint the picture. I mean, that sounds pretty critical, but that's what I would add to that. Um, I would incorporate some of those measures that the brothers, I don't know if you have uh, brothers want to add something to that, maybe can help assist out too, some, some techniques you might be familiar with. Um, well, let me add this. Uh, for some essential oils that are best used to help with any situation like that, sandalwood, um, balsam, or thyme, Isop, Kusoga, and Orange. Uh, they they can be taken orally in a gel capsule. You can actually find them in any herb uh, herbal store, and they will help with the process, uh, as well as uh, vitamin C. Some places, some herbal stores have vitamin C caps. So one of the most uh, kept secrets is that if you actually were able to find a location that could give you vitamin C in um, like an IV solution, it can actually reverse just about any type of cancer that there is. Uh, yeah, so that, that's what I would say when it comes to essential oils and um, try to find vitamin C caps or things of that nature because it can actually reverse the process. Mm. Doctors are well known for giving you doomsday news, and they rarely give you any alternatives on how to reverse any process. So, um, my actually, I my major was alternative medicine, and I graduated from with that degree. So, um, from doing research, I can tell you that some of these uh, things that were suggested by myself and Brother Beniti can help reverse any process. True indeed. Wow, thank you. No problem. Well, sorry, anything you wanted to add to that? 
No. Yeah, you're pretty much touched on it, brother. Okay. Uh, well, ho- hopefully that helps you out, sister. Uh, and again, you know, we don't want to create the illusion. We're not, we're not toxic. We're just trying to keep it practical with you. And uh, I would also, again, hopefully, you know, things for meditation is very important. Uh, you know, also, you know, focus on positive thoughts, energy on that individual. Uh, people don't realize how critical and important that is. Um, so hopefully something will change uh, for the better. Uh, and again, we're not going to create the illusion. Unfortunately, there's no spooky god that's going to do it for that individual. Um, so maybe some energy can be conjured up. What's the, what's the um, if you can? Well, I'm not, I don't even have to say that over there. Um, but maybe you can email us the person's name and, and uh, we could actually maybe incorporate that in some of the rituals that we do, some of the healing rituals. Uh, and I would also, uh, if you do any candle magic, pink is a very tranquil and healing color. Uh, you can burn pink and white candles around that individual. It'll create a, it'll create a, a real positive and, and uh, you know, tranquil vibe. Um, so focus on some of those those colors, too, if you do any of that type of work. Uh, but pink, I can tell you, uh, a nice, light-colored pink candle creates a very, very positive, uplifting atmosphere when you're working with healing. So maybe if you're oh, already up fine. Go ahead, brother. What you say? No, I was just thinking of something. And I should say, this is something that I found out from my personal research, um, adding like um, garlic or onions to your diet also helps treat cancer. Turmeric as well. Yes, that's correct. Actually, and and you know, don't want to sell any dreams or nothing, but you know, there's actually been scientific proof that there are certain properties of onions and garlic that kill cancer cells. Okay. Uh, wow. And you can do this, and you can find this out on your own. This is not nothing coming from me personally or anything like that. But I'm just saying, adding that into it, not saying that that's going to change his predicament or whatever, but um, it's something that could be added into the diet. That's all I say. I'm not trying to give medical advice or nothing. Absolutely. I understand. All right, sis. I hope that helps you out and uh, keep us posted. Uh, uh, Thank you. Thank you. What was that email address? Uh, you can email uh, khnum19 at gmail.com, or you can also go to the uh, Waking Universal Minds Facebook page, and you can email the Facebook page. Uh, and one of us brothers will definitely get back to you that information. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoy the show all the time. No Thank problem. You. And we'll and we'll give the information again at the end of the show. We always give contact information. So again, if you're still on for example, we'll definitely throw that out there. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. No problem. All right, let's uh, scroll up online some comments from earlier. Let's go back to the phone. Uh, second, uh, earlier. Quite earlier. Beginning, uh, Domingo had typed in that he had done, he or she, he or she had, to, had done the research on who Dr. York was. And all I can say is, wow. Yeah, that's what you'll find out when you do do the research. Wow. Uh, Khans, Coons, Conscious Pimp, uh, fortunately, sad story. Uh, but as we said on this show, the stance we take when you're talking back, whether it's him, Africa, Van Bada, anybody that harms innocent children, I don't care if you're black, white, Spanish, Asian, you don't, you don't get a pass. 
you get one strike. There's no there's no excuse for it, there's no validation for it. And as we said before, um since it's a hot topic right now with Africa Pan Booty. Um, like like we said before, uh when you have a lot of hard body evidence, facts. Yes, and I'm saying facts. If anybody wants to challenge me on the shit, go ahead and try. And we'll go. We'll see. We'll see where that shit leads. And like we said, don't, don't be hiding behind no computer screens with, with guests 28 and 29, like somebody tried to do a few weeks ago, popping off shit. And I told them to call in on the phone and we can go over it. So usually the ones that want to do that are sympathizers of these criminals and pedophiles. They sympathize with them because they're usually their followers or they're part of their groups or organizations. And like we said before, we ain't sugarcoating it no more. Stop saying alleged or allegation or so-called victim. Uh, these people are victims, and nobody's speaking up for them, and nobody's. Oh, see, to oh, see, brother. Uh, allegedly, he got caught with his penis in that guy's butt. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly, and I say, I say that person. Allegedly, you're a stupid asshole if you basically <laughs> sympathize with these criminals. Point blank. So we can go, we can play the allegedly game, you know, back and forth. But anyway, yeah, well, wow is, is, is yeah, that's what you can say. Uh, earlier, and I typed it in for maybe the other listeners that are listening online, guess nine, I typed in when we were talking about uh, the Holy Death. Uh, I was asking if we could clarify the name. Uh, in Spanish, it sent them away if they were just saying the test. And in English, yeah, last after, yeah. And then in English, it's mostly known as Spirit of the Holy Death or the Holy Death, uh, when we were talking about that particular entity, uh earlier right now. Um, all right, so let's go back to the phone, and then we'll we'll go back to the uh, internet. Next call, we got uh, they have stolen the power, our power, and use our own power. Uh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I try to go back. I guess they were talking. Right. Didn't realize she on there. Yeah, uh, we'll go back to that call. Just talk to somebody. I look to uh, Western Michigan. You're on the call. Do you have a question or comment? Western Michigan. Hey, what's up, brothers? Uh, hey, what's I, I called in. La- I called in last week too. I'm glad y'all got back with me. Um, I'm enjoying the show. Um, I was just. Uh, I use essential oils and all that stuff. Um, I used oh. to have re- respiratory issues really bad to the point okay. I was coughing up blood. And um, oh, wow. I just, Ooh. I was on, on the, uh, I was smoking cigarettes too, and I quit smoking those, oh, but I was wow. still having the issues. So right. um, I got on the essential oils and um, I changed my diet up and, and within about a year or so, I don't, I don't have those issues no more. So I just right. want to tell all the listeners out there that, um, you know, the herbs and the, um, the essential oils and things so that in your diet too, it all plays a really big role on uh, your overall health. Can you, briefly, um, can you briefly, I'm not saying you got to get into every single one. Can you maybe share quickly, just throw a couple of essential oils that you use or maybe some herbs that you use that you can share with uh, your listeners? You don't got to give it a whole, but, you know, a couple. Throw a few out there for us. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I actually really like uh, uh, calomel. Uh, that, okay. That's really good for, for, um, mm-hmm. for, like, relaxing and stuff like that. Sure. And then um, geranium. I really like mm-hmm. geranium. I I think the ones that really helped with my respiratory was eucalyptus and um, okay. peppermint really helped a lot. So um, right. for, for me personally, um, I think anytime I start feeling getting sick, I, I, I'll throw on some of that peppermint and I sweat it out throughout the night and I'll wake up, right. you know, right. versus I was getting sick like 
five, six times a year. And I mean, like flu-like symptoms, you know, and when I felt right. that coming on, I throw on that, uh, that peppermint and I sweat it out throughout the night mm-hmm. and wake up feeling, you know, pretty much a hundred percent better. So, nice. you know, I, nice. so yeah, for all the listeners, you know, I just want to say that, that for me personally, the essential oils, um, and, and the diet too, you know, cause I, I stopped eating meat, not, not cause I'm one of these dudes that say, you know, cause my you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I just ate, ate meat because, you know, I wanted to see if I could do it. I love meat. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. I've been trying I, off kind of off the subject, but I, I've been trying to channel print since he passed in the other day. Um, I had, um, he had came in my dreams and he brought me some McDonald's hamburgers and I smashed some mugs, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I had the, them Astro, them Astro burgers was on point cause I ain't had no hamburgers in, you know, about six, seven months. So, right. so yeah. So, you know, That's I say the cool. overall health and, and, the, and the herbs and all that, but, um, I did have a quick question too, um, on, um, talking, talking about, um, connecting with your ancestors. Now, mm-hmm. I don't really know much about my mother or my father's, um, ancestors, um, right. pa- past like my grandfather and my grandmother. What's a good way of trying to, um, track that information down? I've tried ancestry, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I, di- I didn't really, I think you got to have a certain amount of knowledge before you can even go into that. Well, here's the, here's the thing I'll tell you personal experience and I'm sure the brothers can give you some. Uh, you know, when you do the ancestry thing, you know, it'll take you back certain generations, you know, to geographical locations, bloodlines, and, and it basically ties you into, you know, percentage of your DNA, what it's compatible with, et cetera. But when you want to specifically identify a specific ancestral spirit, is that, is that what you're talking about? I just want to make sure it's clear. Um, yeah, just... Um... I believe I'm trying to think exactly what the brother was uh was speaking on as far as uh finding out you know like your your immediate family you know what I'm saying going okay, back okay. in your in your family line. Well, let me ask you this: Is uh your both your parents alive or are they deceased? Yeah, they both alive. Yeah. Okay, they both alive. Now, you did you know your grandmother and your grandfather on either side? Yeah, I knew my grandfather. My grandmother on my mom's side passed away before I got met her, and, and the same thing with my father's dad. He passed away um, okay. before I knew him. So I knew my grandmother on my dad's side and my grandfather on my mother's side. All right. So here's here's something you can try, and I know this this is this is work. I know for many people it's worked for myself in the past. Um, since you are you have some level of awareness. Um, if you have a, a sacred space or a shrine, if you're able to obtain, it's not necessary, but if you can obtain pictures, say, of your deceased grandparents and put them on your shrine, and if you go into meditation, uh, if you open yourself up to just simply, and then when I say this, it's as simple as having a conversation like me and you, me and you are having right now, and like you right. hear the brothers talking, uh, go into that meditation when you're relaxed and, you know, to yourself, call upon the name of the grandmother or the grandmother and ask the questions that you want to know specifically in detail. And I guarantee you, um, if you do it correctly and what will happen the first time, may not. You might have to do it two, three, four, or five times. But you will find out if you open yourself up to receptivity like that and communicate as simple as that, uh, you'll get specific answers. And when I say specific answers, you'll get names, you'll get dates, locations, uh, you'll see visions of time frames of when they were alive, and then you'll actually see visuals. Um, and this is very powerful. And you can do this, I find, if you can do this in a, in a very dark, tranquil setting where there's not too much distraction, 
Um, and I don't reckon, recommend you do this. I know some people like to have soft music in the background when they meditate and things of that nature. I don't recommend you do that. But when you're really trying to do something powerful like this, as really as less light as possible, it's more powerful. Um, and if I tend to do something like this, it's black candles. If I am if I am using any type of candle, um, and that's 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 an effective way. That's just one example I can give you. Uh, outside of you know trying to trace historical data, which can be difficult if you don't have the means. Now I don't know if the other brothers might have something they can throw in on top of that. They can help you out with. Um, is there anything you brothers maybe could add and help the brother out? Um, yeah, I can I can add on to that. Something something that I do, you know, um, I I will say this, you know, the ancestors that you can't that you can find out about, like your grandmother, people like that. I would say use them in your rituals, your ancestor mm-hmm. rituals, and something that I did for a while until I found the information. You know, I would say their names in the ritual, the ones that I do know of, and the other part I would say, and I also call on the ancestors that I do not know by name. Correct. That's important. Because you're you're also acknowledging them when you do it that way as well. Even though you don't know their names, you may have not known them personally, you're still acknowledging their existence and in some way, shape, in some way, shape, or form, you know they're going to communicate with you to give you whatever questions that you, you know, whatever answers that you may be seeking from whatever questions you have in your mind. So that's something that I do. I add that on to the ancestors that I do not know by name. I acknowledge them as well. Mm, okay. Um, what about you, Brother Ravon? Anything you want to add to that? Did we lose him? I think y'all covered it. Okay. Uh, so hopefully that, that uh, helped you out, Brother. Try that. And, again, um, not saying it's going to happen the first time, but it's very effective. You're going to find out when you tap into the inner depths of your subconscious mind is when you're going to get the answer to those uh, questions like that. And try that simple ritual. It, it's very effective. Um, and again, if you can find, or if you do have pictures of your grandparents uh, on your ancestral shrine, you can definitely put that on there. Um, that will definitely help um, because it helps draw that energy there, especially when you're meditating in that particular area. Um, but I would suggest try that uh, outside of the data aspect of it, um, which can be tough if you're limited on your information. Now, um, ancestry, I, mean, I got a whole book on it, and you can get in detail, like, names, details, when uh, your ancestors came to this country. You can find records uh, going back hundreds of years. So there, there is an historical aspect of it you can find. Don't, don't get me wrong. As long as you've got a last name, that's all you need. You can start from that point back on both uh, your, your mother and your father's side. Um, and a lot of those sites can give you that. Like, I got historical records uh going back to my great-great-great-great-grandparents when they first set foot in this country, uh, particular ships they came on when they came to Ellis Island in New York, uh, you know, tracing them all the way back, you know, into various parts of the uh, other parts of the country um, and on both sides, uh, mother and father, and can trace the genealogy, which, is, which helps identify, you'll see, 
uh, you know, their background, the cultures that they came from. And then what it will also do is it will educate you on maybe why you have a lot of the interests and likes you have when you start tracing your bloodline, and you'll be surprised. You'll see you might think, uh, you know, that you were just uh, one aspect and you find that you're connected heavily to uh, different aspects of India and Asia, and that might be why for years you were enthralled with Asian culture, et cetera. Uh, but you'll find out, you'll be surprised what you find out, really start digging uh, from a data perspective is what I'm saying. Um, it might help you educate you, but spiritually, I would go into your own personal ritual, um, and you'll be surprised uh, at the type of uh, information that can be revealed. So hopefully that helps you. That's, I mean, that's that's so true. I mean, shit. My my father's side got a lot of Arabs, so that's why I'm attracted to the the Dravidian culture and shit. That's why I like that East Indian shit, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, tied into, to... you know, it's tied into that you know the Arab type of bloodline, you know, which is you know the Arabs and Indians are almost like the same people, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Say that helps you, baby. Yeah, 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 you and you know y'all y'all always just um you know clar you know clarify things that that I'm already practicing and and you give oh. the information and it's just you know like a witness so I appreciate oh. y'all and um I look forward to more shows so all right thanks brother we appreciate you listening and thanks for calling us. appreciate it yeah no doubt peace all right peace. all right so that's great. good stuff man good stuff get some feedback yeah and and that's important I mean we've all done that. Uh, Data aspect of it, and that's that's good. It serves a certain purpose. Um, you will be surprised, and like you just said, so you know, you might think on the surface you're one thing, and you start digging, and man, man, you'll be surprised what comes up. And it's interesting when they match your your uh, DNA and they compare it to different genotypes all across the globe, and the data that comes back can be surprising. Is best thing are I you talking that. about? Are you talking about like your haplo groups? Yeah, your haplo groups and how they compare it to the uh, bloodlines on the planet, and they give you a percentage breakdown of you know what your characteristics are more in sync with, and yeah, they they give you that percentage breakdown by population. Uh, and again, that's just good for a data perspective. It doesn't mean. And it- they should solely go by that, but yeah. I should I should say the the powerful thing is when the data confirms shit that you're already doing or shit that you right. see in your family. Like right. you know, my father was into the Islam thing, find out this nigga got a lot of Arab in his bloodline. Like goddamn. Well, there, there you go. You know I I I found out, uh, you know, and I've always been enthralled with Native American culture, even when I was younger. And there was a lot of connection with uh, Peruvian Native Americans. Uh, and this tribe kept coming up. The Haplin group kept kept going back to this one tribe. And to find out, as I did more research on it, when I found out the different customs and practices of that tribe, you'll find that you have similar interests. So, it can, it, yeah, it, it definitely can stimulate educational purposes and intellectual purposes. And, it's, and like you say, it confirms kind of, you know what you what you kind of already know or might have been practicing or clarifies things you were already doing. So that's that's a good point, most definitely. All right, let's uh, see if we got any more comments. Let me flip back to online here. I think there's that many more comments. Fine. Oh uh, yeah, earlier 
somebody had asked when we were talking about the different phases of the moon. Uh, that is a good app. Uh, Guest 11 had typed in moon phases. You can get that on uh, the Google Play Store. It's a free app. I use that same app. That shit, really, that shit, yeah, that's just funny. I use that same goddamn app. <laughs> right. It's a good app because not only does it just give you the phases of the moon waning and waxing, it also gives you the positioning of the astrological sign. Uh, yep. and, and and you can actually they have a, a forward arrow where you can you can go forward as much as you want so you can see when you're in transit like you can see how long you're going to be in that astrological sign you can see which is a great thing because if you're an individual that maybe likes to plan a little bit ahead you can kind of plan some of your uh, you know ritualistic uh, work that you're doing based on that so that is a good app so. Uh, it's called Moon Phases. Again, if you go to uh, the Google Play Store, just type in Moon Phases. It comes right up. It's a free app. It's mm-hmm. charge. It shows you it's a small world, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to address that. Uh, Guest 11 had typed that in earlier. Definitely a good app um, to definitely uh, assist you if you need some basic information like that. Uh, definitely something like that. All right, let's see if we go back to the phone. Take a few more posts. See if we go back to that call that was Harris lab. Uh, Baffolini, you're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Hello, anybody there? Baffolini? Hi. Hey, everybody. Hey, hi, Ravana, uh, Benini, and Asar. What's good? Hey, how you guys doing? Did you guys have any What's questions up? or comments? We're good. We're good. Well, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it like that. Boys, but hey, <laughs> you said guys. So I'm just well, I, didn't, I mean, I mean, I was addressing as a whole. I didn't mean male. Oh, you know, no, you can't address us as a whole as guys because we're not guys. We we have an inner penis, but we don't have an outer one. I got you. So you're a guy. <laughs> yeah, we have a little guy that says she's Wait. like three years old. Okay, as I got you, I got you. Say hi. Did you? How old were you, said? Yeah. yeah. She 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 okay. a brand new three. Nice, nice. She's new. Yeah, we tried. Three. We we tried to plug you in a few minutes ago, but you were talking to somebody. I know, but we didn't even know because we were having like a conversation That's about right. some, some 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 shit. So. Oh my god. Okay, so now we're here and. I have a question about the dead. We were just talking about like our ancestors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. And I was trying to let the girls know, like, you can have whoever the fuck you want on your altar. As long That's as right. that shit is your energy. And if That's you right. know how to work your shit, that shit's going to work for you. That's right. I don't give a fuck if it's your dog. It could be right. a newbie. You can, you can make that motherfucker appear as your dog, as a newbie. That's right. Or set or all this other shit, you know, y'all drop and talk about this dark energy. This shit can be whatever you want it to be. That's correct. And that's I don't care key. because that that's, shit transform, right? So that means you correct. can be any motherfucker you want to be, like Apocalypto. I'm like Apocalypse <laughs> on the motherfucker, okay? What? Right. So that's all but I'm that's, saying. So if you're into chaos sorcery and all these healing things that, you know, we, we say that will do this for you and do that for you, it's really all mental. So if this shit is right. all mental, what's the fucking problem? That's right. And I'm glad you, you yourself, said. You heal yourself by understanding the fucking energy that you there are. You there you go. 
And I'm glad you said you can you can be whatever you want it to be. That was that was one of the most important things you just said. And I'm glad you said that. I hope everybody took heed to that. And that's important. And you sound like you messed with a lot of it, so that's that's a good thing. But I'm yeah, glad that's, you said that's, that. that's, I'm messing with a lot right. of dark energy. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Basilita. <laughs> Hi. That's Basilita. That's me. I mean, right. for real, y'all, man, y'all be dropping and clowning on these motherfuckers, but that's the key. That's the that's key. It. You have to tell the truth, and you have that's to right. face the truth. That means you have to face yourself. You have to face your shit. You have to take all of your energy and take that shit to, to heal yourself. To I mean, you can take that shit and kill yourself if that's what the that's, fuck you want to do. Mean, no, 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 you're right, though. That's so 100%. It don't motherfucking matter. It's all about the motherfucking energy, the flow of the motherfucking energy, how that shit goes, how how you do that shit. Because that's right. what I like to do. I like to go with the flow. Okay? I agree. I flow in the motherfucking primordial waters every fucking night. I'm in death away. If I heal, I do all that shit. Kill and steal and do whatever the fuck. I'm ill like that. You know what I'm saying? Ah, that's, that's what it is. Well, we and that, and that that's, that's that's what we and that's what we like to, you know, share on the show is that your subjective reality you can make that shit be whatever you want it to exactly. be, but understand exactly. it is your subjective reality. Exactly. And it says where you calling from geographically. Fuck. I think it. Yes, I do. I don't mean to cut you off, my hubby, my my brother, but I love all of y'all niggas. But I will fuck you niggas up too. I will That's important, we, and that's why we do. That's why we do what we do. I'm motherfucking a wire, a, a live wire, and I don't give a fuck. And I'm also magnetic. I suck all these motherfuckers up. I'm what they call magnetic energy, magneto. Motherfucker, what you going to the movies to watch X Men for if you don't understand what the fuck you watch it? That's, that's right. You that's understand the symbology, you understand the knowledge, the wisdom, you understand shit that's going down. That's right. So fuck and, that. And, I know. And where you coming from? Geographically, where you located? <laughs> yeah, first we smoking some Magneto right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We fucking up some shit right now. Right now. Get on the mic. Mike. Yeah, please. Lord, let me take over. Woo, calm down, calm down. 
Where are you geographically qualified? I'm a, I told y'all about the kings and queens, man. Okay. Kings and queens. You say, okay. I'm saying the wrong thing. What's the matter? Right man is God. What? You guys sound like you're having a lot of fun over there. Oh yeah, that's what we do in the loo. Y'all got to come through. And we are. Nice, and nice. we where we where 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 they at? Nice. Oh. Hey, hey, yes, yes. Hey, um, what's going on, brother? 
Hey, uh, I got a comment. Um, and also, sure. yeah, I, I like the energy of the females, man. They, man, that's what's up, man. For real, that's they, they alive, alive, alive. That was real. That was. Yes, indeed, man. Yes, indeed. I appreciate that. But um, also, I have a comment for the um, the uh, the other sister that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I tried to remember it. Uh, way back when Bobby um had did a lecture and um he gave out a book and it's called um. Um, nutrition, um, spiritual nutrition, uh, rainbow diet. That's what it's called. Spiritual okay. nutrition, rainbow diet, and it's okay. for um, like um, different type of uh, sicknesses. Cancer is one of the things that it does cure on that book. Now, one of the books is like two hundred some dollars. So keep looking uh-huh. around. It is some cheaper books out there, but um. Right. One of them, yeah, it's about two hundred and sixty dollars, though. But okay. um, it, it it is to um uh cure cancer, and it is like the uh, brother was saying. Also, it is about the diet. We um just as people, we 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 really need to change our diet. <laughs> I look at it like this, you know. I mean, I don't knock anybody if you eat meat, but mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. What if we never invented uh the cooking system? Then True. you just eat your food and, you know, just eat it like that. And I had a conversation with my son. His bowel movement smells extremely bad. And I said, son, <laughs> we don't, we, you can eat meat, but you don't have to eat it in bulk like that or whatever. If you have to cook your food, then that's not the original form that it was, you know, I, from my understanding, supposed to be consumed in. So yeah, I understand we, you know, done um uh what is it called? Um came into uh I I I'm not um wording it right. We have um I, I'm not looking for I'm not getting the correct word. I guess transformed to where we can actually eat um meat and cook right. food and digest it, but our body takes a longer time to digest it than an animal would. You know, Correct. we have to actually cook it to the stage of uh, decaying, you know, Correct. so therefore it will break down faster in our body. But if we eat, a, I asked him, I said, if you go eat a chicken that you ain't cooked, blood spewing all out of it, do you think you're going to be fine? And he was like, no, nah, you know, I'm going to get sick. And I was like, well, you got to understand it just like, you know, um, some of the hamburgers and um, pork that he eats because he eats with that with his grandparents. I don't eat none of that. I only eat chicken and fish and um that you know, that's just always been my diet, you know, right. with, with right. my mom and stuff growing up. But right. um uh but yeah the, the the changing of the diet will really, really bring on a change. Also, uh like you guys are saying, meditation, thinking is a big, big deal with if you're trying to change anything internally or externally, you gotta change the way you think. We think um, without saying the European mindset, we just think on a baby mindset. We don't think right. um uh more adult like. You know, we we always uh in fear. A child is the one that fears stuff. Adults don't fear any or shouldn't fear anything. So that's a baby mindset to me. You know, you you're, you're always in fear. You're scared of this. You're scared of that or whatever. Um, and so the mindset, mentalism, and diet. From from my understanding right now, mentalism and diet would be one of the uh, two of the big, biggest things that 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 should change in 
anybody's life that's going through a disease or disease. Anybody. Correct. Correct. Definitely appreciate that, brother. And thanks for listening. And we definitely appreciate the feedback on that. And hopefully that uh, helps the listeners. Appreciate yes, that. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Right. And one thing, the, one thing the brother said that's key, the mental part of it, uh, and we, we say this all the time on the show, you become your thoughts. Uh, so that's very critical, too. Let's not just focus on the, um, the physical. Uh, very important. Uh, your thoughts are going to formulate what you become. So very, very important. Uh, let's see. We got, okay, let's go back to the phones. Not too many comments online tonight, so I'm going to go back to the phones. Uh, let's see if we can pull this call in here. We're going to take two, maybe three more phone calls, and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Southwest Florida, you're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Southwest Florida? Anybody there from Southwest Florida? All right, nobody there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Damn, Southwest, Southwest Florida never answers the goddamn phone, do they? They're on every week, though. Uh, California, you're on the call. You got a question or a comment? California. Anybody there from California? Okay, going once, going twice, three times. California. Nobody there from California. Go to. Oh, it's called East Louisiana. Anybody there from East Louisiana? You're on the call. You got a question or a comment? Hear something. Anybody there from East Louisiana? Hear some type of feedback. If your phone's muted, you got to unmute it. Uh, anybody there going once, twice, three times? East Louisiana. Anybody there? Anybody there? All right, let's go to East uh, Maryland's on the call. East Maryland, you're on the call. You got a question or a comment? Just saying good night to everybody. All right. We appreciate it. Good night to you, too. Yeah, happy birthday to all the Gemini. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. All right. All right. Good night. All right. Good night. All right. That's, uh, I think this is going to pretty much wrap it up, man. Uh, I don't got too much uh, stuff uh, online. Uh, I think we covered a lot. I think that was kind of complete. Uh, I'm sure we'll revisit this. Uh, you know, in the future. Uh, I think we, you know, we went over various different aspects, uh, touched on a lot, and we got some good feedback from, from, from some of the callers tonight, giving their, you know, opinions and, and some of their personal experiences on things that they have done, and, and so hopefully that might have helped some of the other listeners uh, listening in, and hopefully some of the stuff that we shared, uh, some of the examples that we gave, hopefully you can use that maybe to help and assist you in creating your own uh, rituals and your own path. Um, so, again, it's a powerful, powerful tool. And definitely one thing I want to say, man, approach it with respect, man. Most definitely approach it with, with respect because it's nothing to play with. Um, it's not something you want to take for granted in the sense that it's just something, oh, I'm going to dabble in it, you know, and uh, I'm not going to mess with it, or I'm not sure, or I'm just curious. It's not that type of thing. Um, we've stressed that over the last several not weeks. Not that type of party, y'all. It's not that type of party. Not that type of party. There you go. It's, it's, 
It's something you really, and again, like we said last week, if, you know, educate yourself to the fullest before you even attempt it. Get as much information because, like I said, if you're going into it with uncertainty, then you're not at the point where you've educated yourself enough where you should start messing with it. Um, but get yourself as educated as you can and comfortable where you have no, you know, reservations about moving forward and and setting out to do the work that you're trying to accomplish. That's the best advice because people always ask, well, where do I begin? Where do I start? How do I do it? You know, that right there alone tells me in that statement that you need to educate yourself a little more because you're not at the point where obviously you have enough of information. So I would say start by collecting as much information via books. Uh, you might be able to pull stuff up on the Internet, videos, this show here. And then when you get to the point where you have enough information, then I would attempt to set out to obviously, you know, set up an altar or create your own specific ritual, things of that nature. You'll you'll know the time. The, the time is when you get that natural instinct to just get up and say, I'm ready to do it. That's when. Don't put a time frame on it. For some, it might happen immediately. For some, it might take a little longer to get to that point. Uh, so that's that's the best way. That's the, you know, it's not one correct answer, and that's the number one answer that new people will ask uh, that are starting out on this path. Where do I begin? And that's going to that's just not going to be the same answer for everybody. It's going to vary from person to person. Okay. Uh, so, uh, brothers, having said that, is there anything you brothers want to add, real quick? Uh, of course, like always. Uh, like always, uh, like Brother Benita just said. Don't try to pattern or model your uh, path after somebody else's. That's the worst thing you could do. That's right. Because in due time, you'll find that your energy that you're that you're creating is more based upon somebody else's that you're feeding and not your own. So, the only thing that I always share with people is just follow your bliss. Follow where your heart takes you, and don't rush it. We're famous in this society for rushing everything. Mm-hmm. And we feel we have to, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to try this, I got to, like, if like if you don't take your time and just master one aspect of what you're creating in your path, that all the other shit is going to disappear, run out on you. That's, that's not, no. You have more than enough time to get this shit together. You just have to take your time, master one thing at a time. Make sure that you start with the basics. It's always the basics. When you work with magic, it's the basics. The basic of any foundation of spirituality is meditation. If you're not able to meditate, visualize, then it's going to be difficult to work anything. You have to really get the basics down packed, and then you start following your spirit. Maybe you start with candle magic first. Somebody else will start with something else first. You start with what you feel is best, with your heart, with your energy vibing with, and you go from there. Because if you model yourself or pattern yourself after somebody else, you're jeopardizing your own path. So I like to say. That's right. That's right. Excellent point. And anything you want to add, Brother Sar? <laughs> uh, only thing I want to add is... Um... You know, if you have any twerking videos, you know we have a website. 
you can send it to. We have a website, you know, um, hicksoulsbooty at yahoo.com, Big Booty Conscious Workers. We all lie. <laughs> you need help. You need you need help, brother. All right, so no, so, but um, that all all I wanted to say though is um, yeah, create your own path. You know, um, do your own thing. Figure out what works for you. You know, uh, and I mean that's the key to this shit. You know, don't follow a book step by step because. A lot of times it doesn't like that. You know, you pretty much you pretty much be uh, wasting your time. Perfect you know, example is a sar likes midgets to twerk for him. So Exactly. You understand? He likes the midget occult twerkers. We like big booty twerkers, so it's a it's a difference there. You understand? <laughs> but that's the these, path. Niggas, these niggas these niggas stick me with midgets and shit. <laughs> <laughs> he chose the midget path. See, we chose the big booty pad. Right. It's a big difference, folks. That's right. He likes he likes midgets with big like with with big foreheads, man, like huge foreheads. Yeah, that's his yeah the, the type of midget, the type of midgets I like is like Cherokee. You know, the foreign star <laughs> Cherokee. That's the type of midget I like. Now you're going into your subjective realm to a place we don't need to know about, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, bro. That's a little too personal. Yeah, yeah. Pull y'all into the Asargini Vortex real quick. You just sucked us in, man. <laughs> you just, yeah, you just, you just linked us in. Uh, but anyway, all right, brothers, if you want to go ahead and give your quote, uh, I mean, information, contact info, and uh, I guess we'll wrap it up, man. Sure. Uh, Ravana Noon, you can reach me at uh, Ravana Noon, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, at Outlook.com. You can reach us at Awakening Universal Minds. And we do look forward to some inboxing on Awakening Universal Minds. Make it good. Make it juicy. Make it something. <laughs> um, oh, man. And uh, that's about it, folks. Also, uh, you cats, you go on to... Uh, my YouTube page, Dark Occultist 99. Um, there's a couple of videos there. I should be adding more soon. I just be working too much. By the time I want to make a video, I'm tired. So I'll get around. <laughs> yeah. All right. Peace. All right, Brother Star. Brother Sargidi, you can um, contact me on Facebook. Sargidi, A-U-S-A-R-G-H-E-D-E. You can contact me at Sargidi at Yahoo.com. <laughs> You can also contact our Facebook page, Awakening Universal Minds. And as I said, if if you do, if you do send us messages through Awakening Universal Minds, make sure it's a porn video or, you know, of of you doing some big booty twerking with a thong on. Because that's the only thing that's going to get our attention. Understand yeah, that. But, but make sure that you know, has a pentagram on it. Then, then we'll really yeah, put you out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't you know if you send us meditation pictures and stuff, we're not going to answer you. I'm just telling. Yeah, I'm just please. tell you, we're not going to answer you. Please, enough, enough with the the photo cropping and the and the damn meditating in the water. You know, if I get one more picture of somebody sitting in in the water at the beach in the lotus <laughs> position, uh, I'm going to throw up because it's just fucking nauseating. No, that. <laughs> That and uh, what was the? I don't know if it was. I think it was you, brother Von. Uh, 
it was some dude was in the, uh, I think it was you, or that might have been USR. So it, was, it was a little while back. Some dude was like in the forest on top of some like mountain sitting and meditating. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, man. And don't don't play yourself and, you know, put 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 pictures up and you're a pharaoh and, you know, then you show other pictures where you were. Yeah, don't. Don't yeah, send us no, don't don't Big send power. us you in the Nam moves because we don't give a fuck. You know exactly. <laughs> that shit. That shit does not entice us. It does not interest us. We don't want to see you walking around in a robe. It's not going to happen. Exactly. Anyway, you can contact me at khnum19 at gmail dot com. That's khnum19 at gmail dot com. That's the uh, email address here for the radio show. Uh, you could also go to the Facebook page, uh, Waking the Universal Minds on Facebook. Uh, questions, comments, suggestions, uh, definitely do that. You can go to my YouTube channel also, Mother Nubia Inc. Uh, it's a bunch of videos up there. You can also go to the Mother Nubia Inc. Google Plus page. All the radio shows are archived there, which leads you to here and connects you to other all the other social media outlets we have uh, that the shows are archived on. Also, if you happen to be in the Miami area, not this Saturday, not tomorrow, but next Saturday, uh, we'll be doing a lecture at Sophia's Garden in my hat. Uh, I do one there once a month. So I'll be there Saturday, June 18th, 7.30 p.m. There's no charge for the event. Uh, we just ask those that come out, support the vendors, support Sister Sophia, who uh, cooks and uh, has a whole bunch of stuff uh, there that she, uh, natural crafts and things that she makes, pillows, uh, artifacts. They have kale salads for you, nigga. Yeah, 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 for all you kale salads, Saudi, yeah, they got that bullshit, too. If you, if you want to eat straw and dirt and grass, yeah, they have all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, just come out and support. We just ask that you come out and support the event. Um, and, again, we don't charge uh, free to get in for the event. Um, and I'll be out there with a gang of books pretty much on all the stuff we talk about on the show. I always bring a different supply of books out there for sale. Hey, br- hey brother, you uh, going to front me a book for free, brother? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me, let, me, let me address that. No hookups. Yeah, I don't do the hookups. <laughs> you know. Now, I don't deal with broke-ass people. No discount books. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, come on, brother, give me the hookup, you know, because uh, when you go to public, and all you people that sit there and the white man, this and that, you don't put the gallon of milk down at the register. And, and haggle with the cashier for a discount. You don't do that. <laughs> so that's that's how I address the hookup, the hookup people. You know, you either got the don't, money, or you don't. Don't no forget to tell them though. Don't forget to tell them your secret uh, email. Make it clap thirty three. If again, if you if you're in the area, feel free to come out uh, for that. And then um. Brothers, we will be getting together the weekend of the 4th of July, uh, and hopefully we'll have all our plans finalized to get an event where all three of us uh, get together and we uh, do an event, and hopefully we can get people uh, that listen to the show that uh, travel from all over to come through. And also, also, I want to add this in there. Stop, stop sending me your corny-ass music online, man. I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> you know? oh, God damn. Niggas messaging you corny ass music. Yeah, right. MC broke ass that sending you that yeah. music, brother. MC broke ass. <laughs> Too much free time. Too much free time. 
and again, like, uh, dude, you know, we, we, you know, uh, you know, and it's hard to say like, uh, nigga, you can't rap, nigga. That's that's why you're not mainstream. You're not even fucking underground, nigga. You just can't rap, nigga. They still got visions of being a rap. You know, they they're in their forties and their records gonna be coming out any day. You know how that go. <laughs> anyway, I uh, last last but not least want to acknowledge all of our listeners. I like to do this. Uh everybody across the United States, uh Michigan, Florida, Chicago, Minnesota, California, New York, uh Mississippi, North Carolina, uh Detroit. Um uh, if I missed anybody, uh maybe some people in the central there. I might have missed a few people. Uh overseas. Uh definitely want to acknowledge Australia. Uh, all throughout the Caribbean, uh, Jamaica, Trinidad, Barbados, St. Vincent. Uh, I want to acknowledge all those listeners. We appreciate you listening on Facebook and Twitter and, and the live feed. You know, you can't get in on the phone. Definitely appreciate you listening. Uh, Brazil, Philippines. Uh, we got some listeners in the Philippines uh, that, that tune in regularly, so we want to acknowledge them. Uh, and Brazil, of course, we get several listeners uh, that tune in on a regular basis from Brazil. Always good to see you again uh, the international that tuning in and supporting. We, we appreciate it. Other than that, that's all we got for you this evening. We appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. And we will be back next Thursday, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, everybody have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.